Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 143 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who's in a derelict city underwater with me tonight? Hello, my name is Bill Tucker, and by the time you hear this, I will be clinically insane. And I am the king of useless knowledge, Joseph Butler, but please call me Joe. And welcome to the Circus of Values. <laughs> All right. And before we go too far, I do want to mention that we are starting a new Patreon poll at the time that you're hearing this. And this time we're going a little different, another, another pilot test episode. But this one, you get to choose if we're going to watch the first episode of Psych, Monk, The Mentalist, or Veronica Mars. Because I couldn't figure out a fourth one to put in that detective spot for Psychic. So there you go. There's, you get to choose what we're going to have to cover. And, and and is it is it official who won the uh, the last week's poll not or yet, last month's? Hasn't gotten it. We're not at first yet. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, it, Sorry. Know, time paradox. <laughs> All right. Oh, and we also are doing a giveaway each week of Spooktober and maybe after work. I have a bunch of codes I found out in Fanatical I need to get away. So midway through the show, there will be a giveaway for a Steam code. What game that be? I'm not going to tell you. But there will be a Steam giveaway code. So I want to mention that. And Bill, where can people find you at? Oh, yeah. You can find me at A Gamer Looks at 40. It's a uh, podcast that's a nostalgic romp, if you will, uh, through the history of games as told through just everyday stories. Um, it's trying to find kind of the heart and soul behind the medium through kind of the stories and experiences of everyday people who lived it. I got about almost got 20 episodes in the can now. So it's a lot of stuff to listen to. Uh, from We're almost done with the 16-bit era. I got Sega to do, but I don't know anything about Sega. So it's been, I get more guests for that because I literally know nothing about it. So, yeah. So check it out. A Gamer Looks at 40 on Twitter and wherever you download your favorite podcasts. All right. And I'll introduce what we're going to be talking about. So, this is a game. This is my pick, actually. I have been, for some reason, I have never played Bioshock 2 before. I skipped it because I, I played Bioshock 1 when I first got my 360. I didn't enjoy it for some reason. And then I played Bioshock Infinite when that came out, but I skipped two because people, oh, two's not as good. So it took me until last week, and I finally played Bioshock 2. So that's what we're going to talk about. Developed by 2K Marine, published by 2K Games, came out in 2010 for a lot of things. Yep. So yeah, that's a game that a lot of people I st- give a lot of hate for that it really doesn't deserve. So I'm going to hate on this game just a bit. Oh. I don't. So hey, it's I love having different you know, people have different opinions on here. So first, I do want to say, like, this game takes place... The, first, the original part of the game takes place a couple of years before Bioshock 1. I think two years before Bioshock 1? That little part you're at? Because yeah, it's there. ten years later, there's a jump, but I know... No, all, I believe all of it's after... Well, the very, very first part, the, the cutscene is, yeah, it's around that time where the New, New Year's Eve party. And, oh, yeah, okay. it's, it's around that time, but you start out ten years later when you, when you finally wake up. Yeah, the opening, you know, you're cruising around with your little sister looking and looking for Adam. And then a mysterious lady comes out of nowhere after you get hypnotized by a splicer and tells you to shoot yourself in a very tense scene. And then you yes. wake up. I swear when this first came out, everyone swore up and down it was a prequel until like an official trailer came out. <laughs> the time, because the time, the time period, it's like the show. The time paradox of Bioshock is is a little strange. It doesn't really the 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 only clues you have that this is after is when Sophia is talking about Ryan in the in the past tense. And, and it, it's also just one of the things too, just mainly because it's like, well, what do you do after Bioshock? Like, I are we we're pretty sure the whole place got shut down after the events of one, so I could understand why people thought it was a prequel. Mm-hmm. I I get it why place didn't shut down because it's a city, it's a society. I mean, where else are people are gonna go? Yeah. 
So, and, and, it, I mean, yeah. as long as it still has power, as long as it still has people that are living there, I mean, I mean, and the idea that you're only in a, a section of this, you know, gigantic city underwater in the first game. And then now you're in a different sec. You're in different sections of this giant city. And this is actually, if we just want to pause for generalities, I think this was part of the big blowback for Bioshock 2 was it's very similar to the first one in 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 a lot of major ways. It's Rapture, again. It's Splicers, again. It's Plasmids, again. I do think this is a better game than Bioshock. I really genuinely do. I think this is better. Um, it certainly plays better. Oh, man. Um, we'll <laughs> talk about it. But it's it, it's I can see why people disliked it. I think it's not as capital I important. I, I was thinking about this the other day, and if if video games were a college, a college, the, a Bioshock would be required for all majors. Like it's required. It's foundational game. It's that important. Bioshock Two is required for your major, depending on what you what you major in, because uh, it is that good, and it is definitely if you're majoring in how to make sequels better than their original. This is this is how you do it. Yeah. So I, I am going to be the exact opposite, I think, as uh, Mr. Joe here. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's fine. No, it's good. I think it'll be a, a, a spirited conversation, if nothing else. But yeah, I can see why people thought this was a pre- prequel. It's yeah, no, the, the I, timelines are so tough. Yeah, I mean, the city is more derelict than it was when you when you were there in the first Bioshock, but not by much because already was a ruin when you're in Bioshock. So that also, I think, threw people off. Plus, you, I guess, I, a lot of people probably assume that after five years, like this place wouldn't be, or after you know, ten years later, like after what happened, everybody would have left, or you would have blew it up. But you didn't destroy it, and you just killed Andrew Ryan, and you and you killed Fontaine. And you escaped. I don't know. When, when people can survive off delicious blue liquid inside syringes, I mean, they could probably live another like 10, 12 years. Yeah, I think I think I agree with that. And there's also society. We also talk about in Bioshock and we see a lot of it more here where there there are other people who live here. It's not just high society. It's not just, you know, the, the rich and elite and the geniuses. There are people who clean the toilets and those people are going to continue surviving. And Anytime someone in power goes away, somebody else slips in. That's just the way life works and society works. So, oh yeah, yeah, that's been proven many times throughout history. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So, like one thing, the big like draw in this game that I that I know that like was all in the trailers is you play as a big daddy. You play as the first big daddy, except you're nowhere near as cool as what you would have seen in Bioshock. But I'm okay with that. Like, yes, you're smaller. You're not as gigantic. You're not as powerful. I'm. I'm fine with that because it was still different enough than how Jack. I mean, again, it's first person shooter. I mean, you only can go so many different ways in a first person shooter. So, so. I, I like the fact that you're a big daddy in this, honestly, because like Dead Space kind of got away. Like they they knew after one, like we can't keep getting away with like having a silent character. Isaac has a talking to, or he's just gonna be a freak. This one makes a little bit more sense because it's you're a big daddy and big daddies can't talk. So. At the end of the day, having a silent character for two still completely makes sense, and I'm completely fine with that. Okay. Yeah, and I also like it too because being as a, the only problem I have with a big daddy, and this is this is kind of more getting into generalities as well, is that you're very tanky. I always felt like if I encountered a splicer, I was going to get shot, like just guaranteed take damage because you are a bigger target and you're not quite as fast as Jack, if I remember correctly. No, you're not. Um, so you you are definitely more tanky. You're designed to take more damage. Which, again, they mitigate with a lot of different things. I think the big win of this is that when they start you as a big daddy, you have the drill. Because that was the big thing is when you turn into a big daddy in Bioshock, everyone asks, where's the drill? I want to use the drill and drill someone in the face. Even though there are different types of big daddies that don't have drills. Giving that as your, your, your 
your melee or I guess your your next level melee was a super smart choice because that gave everybody that thrill of just drilling a splicer in the face. It's so good. <laughs> so satisfying. The drill was fun. That that was a really fun weapon. Like I and the fact that like I thought it would just be a you know an endless melee weapon, but it has fuel you have to find for it or buy for it to keep it going. Otherwise you just smack them in the face and it's nowhere near as good. Yeah. That was a cool touch to it, I felt. I never used the drill. <laughs> I really never did either. I use it on occasion. I don't play games melee. I just I, for some reason I, I'm not good at it. And I'd rather just avoid damage than feel like I'm going to take it. And I think with the drill, you can also, if you're using it just standard without the without the spin, you can also like parry charging enemies. So if a big daddy or a brute splicer is coming at you, if you time it just right, you can knock them off their charge and prevent oh. them from hitting you. I was never able to get this off. I could not. It was just I, I couldn't get it work. So I didn't use it a lot either, Joe. But it is fun when you I, I always forget it's there. I'm like, ooh, I'm just going to I have plenty of health packs and, and even I don't really need I can take a few hits. Let's just murder these people with a drill. It was just fun. I think it's interesting. I always see people, you know, you have the knife runs in Resident Evil and the the plasma cutter only in Dead Space. Uh, there, there's melee only run, like the wrench run and the, and the, yeah. the drill run for Bioshock. And it's a really interesting build. And you can beat the entire game by just using the drill. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah. You absolutely can. And there's and there's a lot of plasmids that actually do spec for that. So if you yeah. if you want, you can absolutely there's one plasmid in particular that prevents you from doing you must use the drill. Um and I think that's all you can use in plasmids, but you you lose access to all your different weapons. But I think there's another perk with it too where it becomes extremely powerful. And like with that spec, you can you're right, you can absolutely do that. It, it's the freeze drill. You can use the whatever you hit with the with the drill, it freezes automatically and you just bonk people in the head. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, mine did that from time. I had I did must have had that one. I remember I would freeze people sometimes and that was always nice. Yeah, I there's also yeah. Oh you did? Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I went I I would run out of ammo a lot in this game and I didn't like all the guns. Like one of the guns, the rivet gun, I was not a fan of. I thought it was kind of a useless weapon. It just wasn't fast, it wasn't that powerful. I didn't like it. So I I tried not to use it very often. I use the rivet gun was because it's. I always had more than enough ammo. I never ran out. I, Did I was you have always... adapted difficulty turned on at first? No, I don't know what that is. I just put it on medium and. Okay, I had it on easy and I had adapted a difficulty on, and eventually they do get stronger. <laughs> like <laughs> I wasn't dying, so the game got harder. I'm like, let's turn this off now. <laughs> but the game will. I mean, they will. Like, oh, you have a lot of ammo. Okay, we'll we'll take care of that for you. Here's some extra guys. Here, we'll take that ammo from you. That's how it felt. And I'm like, hmm. Okay. Yeah, the 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 rivet gun I thought was fine. It's kind of like the Mario of weapons in this game, where it's just it's a serviceable gun. It's kind of like a pistol. Like it's serviceable. It's kind of what's that? Your basic pistol. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. kind of your your basic basic weapon, and it's fine. It's down yeah, just there. Um, I didn't think of it like that. Yeah, it's just like your opening opening range weapon that you know it's just there, and it's perfectly serviceable if you need it. Okay. Um, I just really didn't like it. I'm I'm all a fan in both games of the shotgun. And then uh, Bioshock 2 steps up a bit for uh, a double-barreled shotgun, and I absolutely drool over any form of double-barreled shotguns. <laughs> so that was the first thing that was fully upgraded. The shotgun is excellent in this game, especially if you're playing close. I I, the, I always forget in, in Bioshock and Bioshock 2, range isn't the best because none of your range weapons are all that accurate. Like the the, the machine gun is just spraying and praying. Like you're you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna shoot five shots before you land on your target, unless you upgrade it, of course. 
I, I really used everything. I kind of use everything pretty equally. I really tried to play with the toolbox this time around. So, yeah. I did because the game made me. Because I kept running out of ammo. Or I, I got the shotgun. I will agree that shotgun is actually really good in this game. Yeah. It would annoy me because it only has two shots. But I know that, you know, you have to reload. But that's just the gimmick of this. Since it, I liked it, though. Like, it was still good. I just had to get, I get very close to personal with that shotgun. I use it like a melee weapon. I'm in your face, boom, in your face, boom, and then you're yeah. gone. Well, especially when you turn those corners and something scares the absolute crap out of you. It just <laughs> helps when something goes boo and it just dies immediately. And you're like, oh, that's all that problem for today. Yep. I, the only other, the Gatling gun I used a lot, the machine gun. I was, I like that gun a lot, even if it's not super good. It's okay. I mean, there's lots of ammo for it, which makes it good. Uh, the anti-personal and anti-armor rounds make it really useful in those situations. It's big okay. daddies. It's really helpful just to kind of tear through them. Yeah, that's a. it's a pretty decent weapon. It's fine. The weapons in this game are just almost the same as Bioshock. I mean, it's basically got the same set of, uh, other than you, the rivet gun, you really... Yeah, and the remote hack, which I never used, except when the game made me... What? Oh my gosh, yeah, hack everything. Hack the you world. Hack every, I, hack I did, but I ran up to everything and hit, and would shock it first, then oh, hit no. the beam key. No, you never run out of, of hacking bolt, hacking... I know, guns. I didn't run out of them, I just didn't use them. Oh yeah, you didn't use them. <laughs> That's why you didn't. I, I just... You gotta hack I, everything, I, I hacked everything manually. I'd run up to everything and hack it. Oh no, you gotta do it from remote, that way you can, um, from far away, hack the, hack, hack the, you know, camera, for example, splicer walks under it, Security bots come down, and oh boy, that as I've said it before, one of my favorite things in games is when I can turn the tables on my opponent using their stuff. I just love that. It makes me feel like a genius. And when you get those little security bots out, you can hack them, and then they become your good bros, and they walk around with you and fly around, and uh, they are really powerful towards the end. Never once did I hack a camera. I blew up every single camera I saw. I, never why? once. I, oh. hacked, I hacked everything. Vending machines. Yes cameras like you never knew the one thing i do think is hilarious i remember back in the day in the reddit forums for for bioshock because i never actually owned it i ain't i ain't own like a a 360 till like maybe right before the xbox one came out maybe like two years before the new xbox came out but i remember someone posting something like does anyone know for the pc bioshock has has a mod because i'm colorblind and i'm like oh that's that's sad. Yes. We, it, games have, I think, largely evolved past that, requiring colors to do puzzles and quick time events and such. Yeah. I think we're past that now as like a gaming you know, design flaw, because that's huge. Accessibility has obviously been a big story for a, a few years now. I, we didn't talk about history. My history with this game is I bought it. I played Bioshock, Bioshock on the PS3 when it came out. And I really enjoyed it. My story on that is in the other podcast. Listen to the other show. <laughs> Listen to the other one. Give my boy a click. And then with Bioshock 2, I bought it for f- cheap, like 15 bucks or something, a couple of years down the line. And I never played it. It just sat in my drawer. Like, I just never kind of forgot about it. And then all of a sudden, one day, I don't remember when it was, I was like, you know, I still have this game. I like Bioshock. Popped it in. And oh, boy. I was like, oh, this is great. I kind of like Mass Effect Andromeda. It. I have Mass Effect Andromeda, and it's been sitting there for four years. And I'm like, people hate this game. Why am I going to play this? I guess I don't know. Leave it there. No. People like to make fun of Resident Evil. Bioshock has slowly been creeping up there and like coming out remastered. I believe it just came back out for the Switch like maybe a year ago. Yeah, I bought the I have the by the Bioshock remastered edition for PC. That's how I played it. I played it. Yeah, I I also I I own this on 360. I bought this on two copies on PS3 because the first one didn't have a case. I bought another one to have the actual case. And 
I I bought the remastered version on three on Xbox One, and then I bought the PC collection just recently, and that's what I played. I mean, they're always so cheap. I mean, as of like a few weeks ago, it was twelve bucks. I actually looked it up. Like, how much can I get this whole series for? Oh, I paid less bucks. than that. Yeah, see, there you go. I forget. I I got it in some humble bundle or something yeah. that was dirt cheap, and I'm just like, yeah. I really should buy this. What was it? I my husband bought it for me for PC like a year ago for no reason. I think it was like five bucks or like three <laughs> yeah, bucks. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I, I overpaid. I overpaid. Curses! <laughs> I want my six bucks back. It was probably during like a Christmas deal or something, and then uh, I have it for free on PlayStation because it was on PS Plus. Yeah, the PlayStation Plus at one point, and I couldn't play because my PSN just went out too, which made me mad. I was like, I want to play this on the couch, yeah. and I have it for Xbox. And I, I remember too, I specifically got it for PlayStation Plus, and me and my husband sat down because we never played the Bioshock Infinite DLC, which is amazing. Yeah, we're. I really want. We're to not talking three, about that. I want, <laughs> can we please take four minutes to talk about Minerva's Den because it is incredible. It's probably oh, one it's gonna of the best be DLCs ever made. Of. Yeah, I, I, okay. I. I I just beat, I compl- I was like, oh man, I gotta get through this. And I had to start doing overtime for my job. And I, I beat Bioshock 2 Friday night before I had to go into work. And I was like, oh, I really hope Mike doesn't want me to do the DLC. Otherwise, no, no, that's, <laughs> I do want you to do a DLC, but that's going to be a mini that we're going to, re- we'll talk about after, after recording. Cool. Well, it's interesting because I actually had a, the opposite. I finished it early. I finished it like around Monday of this week. And I'm like, I don't think he's going to want to talk about the DLC. But I'm like, but I really want to play because I had never played it before. I never played it, so I'm like, I hear it's phenomenal, and I so I yeah, I, I dug in, I dug in, and spent the six hours playing it, whatever. And man, is it good! Oh, it's so good. We'll talk about it another day. Yeah, like, oh, I I, I want to. I never played it too. I bought it multiple times. But I never That's played great. it. It's great. It's great. Yeah, in, in for a treat. Anyway, so yeah. This game ahead. in general just surprised. Like I I so I played this with PC on mouse and keyboard because that's the only way to play it for a person shooter. When you have the ability to, you said my dumbass. The first time I started playing this game, I put the con- I put the 360 controller in my PC. I'm sitting there holding. my wait, what am I doing? And I unplugged it, went right back to mouse and keyboard. <laughs> so I did like the first room with with controller, and I'm like, wait, wait, why am I have a controller in my hand? This doesn't seem right. <laughs> uh, I forgot I, to play with mouse. I play all my games uh, with with controllers, so I played this with controller. <laughs> I used it's to, but first person shooters are better with a mouse and keyboard. But the first time. The first game I ever did that with was Stalker, which is not the game to start with to learn that. But Jeez. yeah, that's a hard ass game. But I've now I've gotten accustomed to it that I really like the setup for mouse and keyboard. Or for I, yeah, I play this mouse and keyboard, too. I, I'm not I'm not elite PC gamer type. I play my entire life on console, so I do like controllers better. But I'm teaching myself to learn mouse and keyboard. So I'm still not great at it, which caused some untimely deaths for me. And just because I'm fumble fingered with the PC, but. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just enjoyed it. I like playing the PC better. Just mouse and keyboard just seems, yeah. You know, I don't know. I just I love my laptop, and it so it doesn't hog the TV, so I could play Bioshock too. Uh, my wife was watching uh, Korean dramas, so it didn't <laughs> upset what she was doing. <laughs> That's one reason I love keyboard because I'm like, here, you want you watch you can watch your Korean dramas, and I'm gonna sit next to you and play Bioshock. Too. I'll be back here. <laughs> so that's why I like laptop because I can do that I don't have to go somewhere else I don't have to interrupt I can just do this and still be near her so it's nice but I mean Bioshock 2 was like so I mean I get the complaints with it but to me yes it felt like we're re- you know some stuff was reused but I didn't care it was more of a good game it was more fun it was more action it was you know the story I also enjoyed like yes there isn't a big twist like in Bioshock 1 I mean there's no would you kindly you know I mean, I guess there is a twist to find out that the Eleanor, the little, because this whole time you're after a little sister named Eleanor, which I thought was your actual daughter that was kidnapped, but it's not. You um, were just the first one bonded with her. 
nothing will ever beat would you kindly in my personal opinion that honestly hands down is like one of the best gaming twists but i do like a lot of the story if we want to bring up my main complaint for this game i do not like escort missions escort missions are always been an issue with me for anything if they're done right they're done fine so whatever i did not like having that this is the only reason why this game loses several points for me i do not like having to guard little sisters to get adam I don't like like you don't have some, to. Hey, you, mm, huh, you don't what? have to, but yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, you know that the game gets a lot harder towards the end if you don't. But uh, sometimes the bodies are positioned where it's like, okay, it's a hallway, that's fine. You know, I'll put stuff down here, I'll guard the other side. And there's other times where it's like, oh, this room has like six entrances. All right, I hope that this works. Uh, I do like that they made an atom. That helps, and it's like one of the, like the funniest ones in the game, which is the the hurricane Adam. Oh yeah, the cyclone. Yeah, that's like the that it, they I, they made that for this game, and that's honestly fine. But I it because of having to guard little sisters and some of the bodies that have been really dumb places. This game that's slightly what makes this game go from like an A to like a B minus for me. Okay. I love it. I adore those sections. That's so interesting. I really love that. I. Again, setting traps is just really fun. I the the idea of being able to set up some cyclone, you know, traps, a few trap rivets on the stairwells, and then a mini turret, like an auto turret that you get kind of midway through the game, and then just watch the splicers fly in the air, and then the turrets shoot them while they're midair is joyous. I I loved all that stuff. All that kind of like defend the sister stuff is really great. Uh, the levels are are built well for it, um, because there's different challenges depending on which one you do. Um, I believe you don't have to do every single one. I think there's more atom bodies than you can actually get. So you can pick and choose like, oh, I don't think I'm specced for this arena. Maybe there's another one. And sure enough, there usually is. I think uh, you're right. I yeah, I, I, I adore it. What do you think, Mike? I enjoyed them. I At first, they, they annoyed me after a while because there were just so many of them. Because he just, And I I got every little sister in this game and I did every harvesting just because I wanted to get the I wanted to protect all little sisters. Because I can't be evil in games. It's hard. No one, no one can be evil in games. It's physically impossible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I always play the good way. But I never set. I didn't set any traps. I didn't even use the mini turrets like way late in the game because I just didn't. I didn't know where they were. I guess and it wasn't until later that I realized they were under the auto hack that I skipped every single time. So yeah. I didn't use any of that. I just put down the little girl, let her start harvesting the body. Which okay, I can't even get over how like it cre- it creeped me out every time I hear. Daddy, I found an angel. <laughs> Daddy, it's an angel. I'm like, ah, you know, I don't like needles to begin with. Here's just stabbing some guy with a needle. But it was it wasn't they were all right. I mean, it wasn't you got annoying me sometimes, but at least it for the most part, I just got I got to fight and kill people. So it was fun just to play the game. But yeah, I didn't use any turrets. I didn't use any trap. I only use a couple plasmas in this game I because that's how I play. I stick with the ones I like, which is fire, ice and electric, almost 90 percent electric, though. Just how I play. But yeah, I didn't set any traps. I just fought people that came, took their ammo, and just kept going and switched up weapons as I ran out of ammo until the sister was done. At every Bioshock game, which is funny, every Bioshock game, my main plasma is ice just because I love freezing enemies and then smashing them in little pieces. Mm. I never use ice. I don't think I bought it this time around. I don't even think I spent <laughs> money on it. I, I really didn't. I, that's so interesting how different play styles. Is, and that's what this game does very well in that immersive sim genre is it really does encourage different play styles. You want to melee, you want to freeze me. I'm all about telekinesis. I use telekinesis Uh-oh. all the time. I love it. 
there's always barrels or, or something you can throw. Throwing dead splicers and other splicers is great. It's just fun and they're powerful. It's a really effective way of taking out bad guys. I never, I rarely use fire. Electric, of course, you use because you just kind of have to. It's really useful too. Yeah, it's pretty useful, especially powered up because then you can chain it to other people, which is pretty great. Yeah, I used I used telekinesis. I was usually my main. I just kind of walked around with that in my hand and started picking up barrels and walking around with them. I don't know. I just I like shocking people. I also like burning people. Except after I have a little story to tell. <laughs> listen, I've been listen, listen, listen to us. I also like burning people. That's actually really fun. Out of context, well, that's a it was useful in this game. You burn them and then they're stunned, and then you sometimes they're standing in an oil pit. You can just do a lot of damage to them. I never used those dumb oil pits. That's so a lot burning, of oil pits. But I had a personal experience of burning this week, so I found that would you know what. That would be, and the funny thing that happened right after I beat this game too. So I think it was kind of, I felt like karma in a way because it was like the, yeah, it was I think the same day I beat this game. Yeah, right after I beat this game, I got burned. So, so I was getting ready. So I'm like, it's ten thirty. I'm like, okay, we should get to bed. We got, I got to get up early. And my wife's like, no, I gotta, I gotta get your shirt ironed so it looks nice because I work with her now. So she's like, I don't want you looking like a, you know, like a scrub. And <laughs> <laughs> so she has, she buys a little steamer thing and she steamed my shirt. And I'm talking to her and I was doing the dishes and I'm like, okay, you know, I want a little Debbie. And there's a little Debbie box on the on the table, not that far from her. So I go to slip by her while she's steaming the sleeve of my shirt. And I don't know what happened, but somehow I got steamed instead. And I was wearing like a, a sleeveless shirt, which didn't protect me very much. And she steamed my side just for like like a second. I'm just, and I just, I just went screaming, grabbed my side. I'm like, you know, oh, it, and, oh yeah, it fucking hurt. And I just got first degree burn. I was in like terrible pain. I'm like, man, I can't imagine me lit on fire. Just <laughs> It's awful. Yes, <laughs> it was like I had pain. Like I've been cut before. I've been smashed with things. I, you know, I've had many injuries. And this was like, you know what? Burning really, really hurts. You sound like a cartoon character. I've been burned. I've yeah. been smashed with things. I've well, I have fallen been. down. I've been hits. hit by things. Of course, everyone's been, been hit by before. things. I have children. They're constantly throwing things at me. <laughs> well, partly with my job, I used to have to lift stuff, and there were times when you get hit with something, you drop it or. Things that happen. Is, is you know? there like a video of you having like a like an acne boulder falling on you? <laughs> no, none of those. <laughs> I have done dumb things, but it it really fucking hurt. And I was just and I I was like, yeah, no, Bernie's not okay. Good. Yeah, burns burns are bad. No, I did not get the little Debbie either until way later. I'm like, you know, I'm going to eat that little Debbie now. <laughs> Dave, you get that little Debbie at that point. Little Debbie Swiss roll. Yeah, I was too busy grabbing my side, and we had to go run to Walmart. And I'm like, yeah, we gotta get to Walmart and go buy some burn cream and some bandages and wrap myself up. Yeah, so steamers hurt a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of- <laughs> I just want to touch real. I just want to touch real quick on back on the uh, the hacking. Sure. Is, is, is does anybody miss pipe pipe dreams? Whatever love, that was called. I love, I love pipes. Yeah. I love doing pipes. Pipes is so fun, and I got really good at it in Bioshock. But this is definitely an improvement. The major improvement is that that it happens in game. You don't leave the game. And it's quick. And it still requires a good amount of skill you know, and timing to get that right. Of course, there's plasmids or tonics you can use to mitigate that. But I don't know, man. I really, really enjoy it. I think it's an improvement over pipes as much as I like. My only issue with the hacking is that it didn't when you start hacking, it doesn't the game doesn't stop. That's a good thing. I like that. I think it adds some urgency to it. You well, know, it does, you gotta... But it made me have to shock the turret so I could hit the F key to get the green things, even though I just I had max money. I wouldn't buy out the turret. I just wanted to. You know, hack. <laughs> so, so I, I want to tell y'all something interesting about this game. Where is it? In 2010, two weeks before Bioshock came out, I don't know if y'all heard about this. 2K sent out an article to people to promote Bioshock 2. And when they followed directions, it led them to a beach where there were a bunch of bottles that had uh, Bioshock 2 posters in it. 
Whoa, that's cool. Yeah, I thought that was one of the interesting things about this game, and I wish there would be more stuff like that. But. I love that convergence of like the real world and the game world. That's actually really neat. Yeah, love that. I like, uh, and also another. I should have. We're kind of all over the place here, but That's we'll try right. to get. We'll get back on critical path momentarily. Ken Levine, the uh, director and auteur of Bioshock, had nothing to do with this game at all. He completely <laughs> had nothing to do with it. This was actually completely taken over by a different studio, and I believe one of the level designers for Bioshock directed it. So it does have lineage to the original. But Ken Levine. The man, the myth, the legend had literally... I think they brought him in for like consulting. Like, hey, does this look like a big daddy? Yeah. Uh, I think his, his thinking was that Bioshock told the story and there was really no need to, re, to, to do it. Um, the directors were like, no, this is... Rapture was a giant city, like Mike said. And there's tons of stories here. There has well, to be. Wasn't he working on Infinite, too? I don't know if he was working on Infinite at the time. He should have stopped. Sorry. I had to do it. <laughs> I had to do it once. I have to do it once. Oh, come um, on. I like Infinite. Leave me alone. Me too. It's... it's, it's <laughs> It is a it's a it's a bad game wrapped in a decent story. I haven't played it in a while, so I look forward. To I'm sure I game. will. I'm sure I will, and I'm looking forward. I'm actually looking forward to it because I I hope my my tune changes. I hope it does. I hope <laughs> I don't mind its really shitty morality and the bad things it says and just yuck. <laughs> oh yuck yeah, no, yeah. I, I at least agree <laughs> that that's all really dumb stuff. I, it, it plays fine for a. Yeah, this is now a, this is now a shooter game. We're playing a shooter game. Okay, two K. The story, meh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people people forget. People always focus on the um, the Elizabeth stuff and like the the yeah the multiple multiverse and all that. And that stuff's actually cool. I actually dig that. Um, but people also forget about the fact that at the end of the game, you're fighting abolitionists. Like you're just murdering them by the thousands. It's like, yeah, you know what? That's not not great, Levine. I mean, look. If you want to have a high schooler's thought uh, belief on things, that's fine. But don't stick that into your video game. <laughs> I mean, it does. Bioshock is always about like the whole like, Atlas shrug thing that we know we talked about in the first episode when we covered Bioshock a lot. I mean, this yeah. one has less of it, I feel, because you're in a ruined city and there's no Andrew Ryan. Well, your your antagonist is the exact opposite. You know, and yeah. uh, Sophia, Sophia Lamb is the collectivist. Basically, she is. She came into Rapture. She was invited into Rapture, which I love this by Andrew Ryan because you have to be invited as a way to keep down the rabble, like reluctantly saying, you know, what? we have a bunch of people who are really are living in squalor. If this, you know, hippy dippy helps them, you know, deal with life, then fine. It's a means. She was a means to an end. And she came there to basically troll him and take over because <laughs> no. her ideals are completely opposite to what he is. She believes in collective and humanity needs to work together for a common goal. Like most villains, she goes too far with her ideals, but we'll talk about that as we move forward. And that's what we kind of learned, what she her end goal is with Eleanor. But that's the exact opposite. She's she is the believes in the power of community, where Andrew Ryan believes in, of course, the power of the self. And Sophia Lamb believes that the self is always flawed. You you can't believe in the self because you are flawed as a self. Which is actually yeah. a very religious view. And you know, so it's a it's a diametrically opposite to what Andrew Ryan is. Okay. It's also and, a psychiatrist for you. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. And isn't Tenenbaum, Tenenbaum was in the first game, if I remember correctly. She's the one that you're talking to when you're rescuing the little girls, the little sisters? Yeah. Okay, because she's only in this for a very brief, like, I thought she'd be in here more. Like, I think she helps you in the beginning, like, rescue you, and then she disappears, and then you don't see her again. Uh, okay, so I wasn't the one. I thought that was weird. Okay, cool. Yeah, th- I it thought that was weird. odd. Like, I thought it she played weird. more of a part. It was very weird. It kind of, She kind of just disappears in favor of the children of Lamb, the, uh, the, the three main figures that you can decide the fates on. 
Yeah, like, she kind of just disappears. It was very strange. Yeah, I wasn't sure where she buggered off to. Isn't, okay, yeah, I guess they just felt like, oh, we got to have her in there from the first game. Okay, now we're going to go our own way, so we don't care. Which They should have had some kind of thing with her, or at least have her like show up in the end or something, talking to you. Well, I guess who... Yeah, go ahead, sorry. Cool. It, it, even or something like... like Because I, I would imagine she's probably talking to you from the surface, because like, once all the little sisters go out of there, I would imagine she was probably like, well... My job here is done. I'm also going to the surface. Yeah, and I and also with the, at the end of Bioshock One, you know, the very ending when you're being kind of re- deconstructed as a big daddy, and that cutscene where you're know, being nursed to health, like who's taking all that big daddy stuff off you? Like the what, the little sisters, you know, they're kids. They're not going to be able to perform major surgery. To wasn't it Eleanor? Or, no, not Bioshock. Talk about Bioshock One. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind then. So yeah, yeah you're probably right. Point, she's, probably she's, probably, she's probably on the surface, and again. I don't want to spoil Minerva's Den, but, you know. No, I don't want to either. Right, so so let's not go there. But nope. cool. also with, like, in this, it, it mentioned that a lot of these little sisters that are here were kidnapped later. Because there's they... somebody you meet that even says, I came down, like, one of the diaries you find, he's like, I came down here because my daughter was kidnapped by Sophia Lamb or something like Which that. Which is said. one of my favorite short stories in this game. God, what is his name? It's going to drive me nuts now. Oh, uh, whatever. There's a, there, you actually, not, again, this is kind of going all over the place, but... My favorite short story is along the way, you're hearing audio diaries of a father who's looking for his daughter and found some, I guess, I don't know how he got to Rapture in the first place, um, but he tracked her down and she's here. He sees little sisters and, and he is like dead set. I'm going to find my daughter. And then about three quarters of the way through, you see him as a big daddy. <laughs> he oh. is a big daddy. One of the ones you take out. And when you take him out, you look down and he's got a final audio diary on him. And he was captured, sent down to Persephone, and then turned into a big daddy. And it's so freaking sad. I mean, it is just awesome, awesome, immersive storytelling. It's just great. Uh, I didn't know that. That's actually really cool. It's amazing. Uh, and, when you, and when you highlight his body, when you finish taking him out, uh, it actually has his name. It's Mertzer, I think, his name or something. And uh, it actually says his name. It's like, oh, my God. That's some, it's just amazing, amazing um, example of that immersive storytelling. That's cool. <laughs> I didn't catch that. I think I, I only killed big daddies that had little sisters because I was trying to get all the little sisters. I tried to avoid them. I Again, one of my, I do enjoy using the hypnotize. I actually upgraded the hypnotize a little bit so you can actually hypnotize big daddies. And just seeing one in a crowd of splicers, throw it at them and just watch it just wreck. But then it turns on you because you did antagonize it. Yeah. So I didn't do that. I, there was times where I'm, I'm literally like, like it's, and it's the funniest thing too. Or there's it happened twice where I was I was like okay here you go little sister I'm gonna put you down on this body and I'm, I'm gonna set up my stuff and I'm gonna put you down this body and like twice I kid you not the door opened up and a separate big daddy walked into little sister and I'm like is she gonna start working on this body yeah okay you go here too and you just fight everyone who comes in I ran to the corner and like <laughs> yeah and since Great. my little sister was next to his they just he heats with the town I'm Excellent. That's excellent. That's so good. It's, it's just a nice little. So, yep. Go ahead. One thing also made me wonder when you're carrying a little sister with you, do they are more enemies attracted to you? Is that's how it felt to me? Even when she's not farming, when she's just with you. I don't know. I didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really notice that. Per se. Okay, it might have just been because my deck of difficulty was getting harder. But I it was something that happened to me a few times. Okay. I felt like they were hunting me more when I had her on even just on my shoulders. I never noticed. OK, maybe it was just me then. Yeah. I, also, I speaking of splicers, I think there's only one new splicer type. I'm not sure if there's any, because Big Daddies, they range in, Big Daddies have the same weapons you do. They'll either be shotgun or, or rivet, or they'll be, you know, grenade launcher, which those are my favorite, because with telekinesis, just throw them right back at them. 
And of course, the the ranged ones that throw the grenades also throw auto turrets, which is a pain in the ass. Oh, because they're so mm-hmm. tiny and hard to hit. It really stinks. Those you have to catch and kind of throw back, but they still open. It's just annoying. But the brute splicers are here as well. These big lumbering beasts that kind of charge you. I don't love these enemies. They're fine. There was more of a pain than anything else because they can catch you in some loops, melee loops, where you're just getting pummeled with with no resource so or recourse. So I didn't love these. I thought they were fine, but not really that additive. What do you guys think? It, it It's just a means to just have a heavy type enemy for you. That's really obvious those guys were at the end of the day. I, and I mean, it's one of the things where it's like, well, how you're a big daddy. How are we going to find ways to, you know, take care of you? So I understand what they were and they, they were they were what they were. Yeah. Yep. I didn't like them at all. Yeah, they 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 are just really really. T- I found them not tough, just kind of laborious. You know, it's like all right, this guy's gonna just run at me and punch me. However, the the joy of this game are the big sister battles. Oh. I love every big sister encounter I came across. I don't know how you guys felt. I, I love everything about the big sisters. <laughs> um, honestly, like in the trailers too, when they when they revealed that they're gonna have them in there, which technically should have been a weird thing of like, well, why are there big sisters if if all the little sisters left, but I love the designs. They're terrifying. I, I remember the first, I, I don't think they tell you, but the first time you save all three in an area, one spot, and I completely forgot that happens. So it scared the ever-loving crap out of me. <laughs> and I got, I died twice because I wasn't ready. Yeah. And they're challenging. They're really tough, but they're very agile. They're mobile. You get a chance to kind of spec for it. They'll like, Little sit, big sister's coming. Get ready, and you get like three screams before she shows up. So again, if you're me, you're setting traps, and you're throwing this, and you're throwing, you know, cyclones, which don't really work great. It's awesome. Um, man, is that just such a fun, fun encounter? What do you think, I enjoyed Mike? Enjoyed them. I yeah. also thought it was cool how after you, you know, saved or harvested all three little sisters, they showed up. Like I like that fact. It was a cool little touch to it to have that happen. I never, I. I didn't prep for anything because I didn't just didn't know how I play this game, but I enjoyed I would just make sure all my ammo was reloaded and I had enough ammo. I had enough health kits. I didn't set traps or anything. I'm just like, okay, we're here we go. Yeah. And that's cool because she'll she again she has a large amount of attacks that she can throw. She can, so depending on how you play, you can get the upper hand. So for me, telekinesis again, just throwing her fireballs back at her um is always fun. Uh, she's great. <laughs> and uh, I just want to touch on one other thing and we can kind of get back in critical path. We were talking about weapons and weapons are basically the same, right? You got grenade launchers, you got trap bolts. I do love, uh, they actually, these are spears in this game, but basically the same thing. The rocket spears are so fun. Yeah, those I were love, cool. Oh, they're great. Because the spice just runs around like an idiot until he gets exploded. But um, in the first game, you have the research camera. In this game, you have like a film camera. I think this is a definite improvement, another improvement on the first Bioshock, where you it's you're graded on how creatively you can you can take out the enemy, which again in, encourages experimentation, which I love. I only my only issue because I would walk around with just a research camera, just like in my hands, just walk around with it, snap a picture, and then it goes to your next weapon. The only issue I have is I wish it was just a button you could press and not an actual weapon. I, I don't love the idea of walking around with this camera you know, like in the in the fiction of the world. I guess it makes sense, but I wish it wasn't a weapon or uh, taking up a weapon slot. But eh, yeah, no, I agree with you because it would be annoying to something that I'd be trying to switch my weapons. And I'm like, I don't need that. I'm, the camera's not going to help me right now. Mike, did you uh, or my and Joe, did you guys use the, the that research camera at all? No, <laughs> no, really? I, I, oh, yeah. I forget it's there. I forgot it was there sometimes. Uh, I think there was maybe one or two times. I think 
I didn't really use it on the enemies because it's one of the things where it's like I'm not really can't really tell. I want to say when the first oh, that the spider splicers show up, <laughs> I remember to use it. But then like I think I used it on a couple of the different big daddies, and I completely forgot to use it on. I don't want to spoil it, but with the the the, the final big daddies you fight at, in the last like two areas, I completely forgot to use it. And now that you mention it, I'm like, you know, that probably would have helped me, but those things died for me in like two shots, so I wasn't worried about it. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I I yeah go ahead sorry. I used it sometimes. It wasn't a big thing for me. I, I used it earlier in the game, like when I first got it, and then after a while, I just fell off it, and stopped using it. Yeah, I, I loved it. I I I would very often just run around with it in hand. You get insane upgrades with it. Like the upgrades you get are insane. My favorite one comes with Houdini Splicers, which is the same as last time, which was the camouflage, where you can just what it basically allows you to do is you just stand still and now you're invisible. And you oh, can just that's stand cool. Oh, you just stand in the corner and you and the splicers just walk around. <laughs> they have no idea you're there. And then of course you can just murder them with trap bolts and be done with it. <laughs> I probably um, should have used it oh, more. It's great. Just, it's so good. Don't. That's great. Yeah. The, the upgrades are great. I think there's one that actually just up, upgrades your damage on all weapons. It just, boom. There's a bunch of just really cool upgrades it'll provide you. And that's uh, very powerful. So if you're playing the game for the first time, hey, why are you listening to this? Why? Stop listening to this, play the game, then come back. We already have your click. It doesn't, it's, we're, we're already good <laughs> either way. Yeah. No, I, I think it's one thing we haven't covered yet. Like, the for, one thing that was interesting with the plasmids is that in this one, you could equip a lot of extra plasma. They gave you a lot of spots to put de- extra things in, which I liked. I never filled it because I didn't get enough of them, but I, I, I like the fact that it was there. So I messed cool. up. You should talk about invisibility. I messed up, and I, I, I think I wasted maybe a good chunk of Adam on stuff that was like, oh, this is cool, and I was like, this is useless. Uh, <laughs> I want to say I bought the Scout. It was like the Scout plasma. Yeah, because Scout's was... useless. I don't know. You, well, you I, too. Yeah. I thought it turned you invisible, but then you use it. It's like, no, it makes you a ghost. And I was like, this is useless. Why would I, why would I want to use this? Yeah. Um, I'm always a fan of bees. Bees is always funny. Yep. But it's not yep. as good in this as it is in the first one. So I didn't use it. You have to upgrade it. If you upgrade bees, um, the second level of bees, I believe, will turn your deceased enemies into traps. So now you have bee traps. So when, when, you're, when the other splicers roll through, they now run through bee traps and get bead. That's fun. That's super good. The only problem with that is that Bioshock 2 um, really loves its swarms of people, swarms of splicers. That's kind of what it lives off of. And with a swarm, you're getting everyone at once. So if your bees hit one person, by the time they die, your other, your other splicers are dead anyway. Um, the third <laughs> level is actually pretty good because it'll travel around. It okay. just find, it just heat seeks the nearest splicer. You don't have to think about it. You just throw it and throw a direction and let the bees do their thing. Bees, um, bees are fun. And uh, I will say a nice thing about Bioshock Infinite, Murder of Crows, which is the same thing, essentially, is very cool. Like getting pecked to death by a crow is not not a pleasant thought. So never use that one either. I get fun. One. Oh, yeah, they're fun. I mainly just shock people. That was the, the whole way I played the game. Shock them, stun them, shoot them. Stop, shock them, stun them, shoot them, dr- drill them. That was just how I played. Decoy works pretty well. And as, as Bill mentioned earlier, I think I got a decoy all the way up before I beat the game. Or I think that's level two because I think like when enemies hit it, it blows back the damage. But that security one, like you can pop that off whenever and like a turret comes out and just that that works out pretty well at the end too. Yeah. Yeah, I use a lot of auto turrets um towards the end. Um I did I had decoy, but I didn't use it very often. And I never use secu- I used security command once or twice just so you just happen to have it. I would just hack them. It was just more fun to just hack them and, and let them do its thing. So but it is cool directing them to two different targets, which is 
kind of the point of that. Yeah. It's a very interesting... I mean, I, I was glad to have played this game, too. Like, I... And the enemy variant, yes, like we said before, they're not that fairy, but I was okay with it. I didn't mind reusing splicers. If they, like, it didn't bother me. They're just they're just fodder for my guns, my bullets, so it didn't matter to me. I did get really creeped out the first time I saw a little sister drinking from the bottle. That creeped me out a lot. Of- <laughs> that is terrifying. That is creepy. And they kept doing it, too. Like, sometimes you take too long, or sometimes just during the harvesting, they'll just sit there and just start drinking from the bottle. I'm like, ah! Well, they're they're tasting the atom to make sure it's pure. I think. Well, they know they actually ingest all the atom because that's how they carry it. Like yes. that's how they 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 they're designed to ingest the atom, and that's why if you harvest a little sister, they they kind of they can you basically like rip them open because that's kind of mm-hmm. that's the implication mm-hmm. of that's what it's implying. I've never done it in game because I'm a human being with with a heart and a soul. <laughs> when I do such a crazy thing, but. Uh, it's uh yeah I think that's the implication. I don't know how they transfer Adam to you though. I don't well, I don't know. I, I believe they they it's probably just like a you you you. It's something that has to do with when you save them because I, I think it's weird. It, it's explained in the first game, but not in this one, which I think is yeah. is weird. You you use Adam as our you use a plasmid to save them. So technically, using that plasmid drains some of the atom out of them but the other thing that besides being a completely normal decent human being there is no <laughs> point in in harvesting little sisters because it's one of the things that, that they say to oh well you know what if you're low on atom and you need to pick me up like no because if you save like i think three it's three usually if you save three they leave you like a teddy bear that's just has like yeah. 200 which is way more than if you harvest them period yeah and that's also, and I mentioned this on the first Bioshock episode, so I guess this is worth saying here. I guess it doesn't, it, it falls outside of the morality that the game's trying to present. It's trying to present you with a moral choice, right? You, it, do you accept less Adam and save them or accept more? And, and just like you said, Joe, but they mitigate that with prizes for saving three. So you're right, there is no reason to, to kill them. And actually in interviews, Ken Levine was quoted as saying he could not in good conscience make it so that it's beneficial to kill children. He said he just could, he couldn't do it. And my answer, my response is, well, yeah, that's, that's a nice thing to say, but also undercuts the whole point of the morality system then. Yeah. Just make them pickups. And I, I know what they're trying to do to try to establish a character, and especially towards the ending of this game, because your ending does matter if you've harvested them or not, because Eleanor is learning who you are as you kind of go through the world of Rapture and kind of being shaped by who you are because you're connected. Which is cool. Very yeah. cool. And the endings in this game is, is are by far better than the ones in Bioshock, I think. I think I, they are. I actually wrote down how to get all the endings because I thought it was interesting because there's apparently eight endings. Yeah, I looked at them, yeah. I watched them online. I didn't, I didn't get all. Yeah. Okay, we'll also talk about that when we get there. But I definitely yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. there. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it just kind of undercuts the morality of the game. It, it undercuts the moral choice. And it's, again, in the world of Bioshock, it makes a little more sense because you could spin it as well in a game that's all about telling you as the player of the game you have no real choice or agency in the game maybe this is just another example of it in that if you choose the wrong path you still are getting punished for it even though we're telling you you're not i just think it was a gameplay decision where adam or um i said i almost said adam levine like the like the lead singer of uh, maroon (laughs) five ken levine just morally couldn't do it he just in his heart he's i can't i can't do that which respect i respect that I mean, it always helps towards that weird, like, 5% of people who are like, I'm playing a video game, why aren't I going to be evil? And it's like, okay, sociopath. <laughs> I never understood it. I get people do that, and and, and that, that's fine. I just prefer hero stories. It's just, just yeah. I, it, I just do, so that's just me. But, yeah, if you want to murder, murder children, <laughs> I guess. 
I got the series for you. I guess I don't know. Good, good <laughs> lord. Anyway, I never, um, I, I never did. I had to say mall. But one thing, I, there was a part of this game that really shocked me how much I enjoyed it was when you get to go outside in the water. Like that was yeah. you couldn't the first game, of course, because you were just a guy. But in this one, you're a big daddy, so you get to. And it was, I couldn't. I was surprised how cool it was to me to just be underwater walking around, even though you couldn't do much, but. You get to see the little sea slugs and grab them that give you Adam. That really made me smile, too. <laughs> I mean, a little thing, but I thought it was like, okay, this is really damn cool. My my favorite part is whenever, I think it's your first encounter with a, with a big sister, and, like, she does a really, like, which, is my, which is honestly, like, my favorite part of the game, where you see her run across the glass, slice it open, Ugh, and it gives me. you, like, a, oh, God, and then you get hit in the face of the water and go, oh, I guess I'm fine then. Yeah, it's oh, like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a giant scuba suit. I forgot. Okay, very good. <laughs> I love that section because, again, it allows you, it slows the game down, right? It's a little bit of a breather, you know? There's no risk or stakes. Like, you're not going to get attacked by anything. And it just allows you to kind of marvel at the world a bit. It reminds you that you're surrounded by water. Because when you're in these environments, it's easy to forget you are, even though everything's leaking and everything's pouring water at you. It's easy to forget. But uh, I, I love those sections. I agree with you, Mike. I think they're really, really neat. It was surprisingly, like... A- it was surprisingly a lot of fun. Like you just in general, the game, like one of the things that we we kind of touched on earlier that you have three different, I think it's three different situations where you can either kill a person or save them. And one's like a, is a regular woman who actually cared about Eleanor, who sees, who's listening to the propaganda by lamb. So that's why she's trying to kill you. I saved her. The second one is a crazy guy that you find out turned in uh, pretty much turned you in to be turned into a big daddy i, I want to say he either he 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 gave up kids to become little sisters but yeah i think he also like he's the dude one of the dudes that like rad you out or something yeah yeah he's he's leading he's kind of a double agent you're talking about stanley pool yeah stanley pool yeah he's like an expert ex reporter who kind of just showed up and and uh persephone i think they're in is that right no persephone's a prison uh dionysus park and saw, oh, wow, this is a non-Ryan person. Let me see if I can get in good with her and kind of double agent you. So, yeah, he's the one that kind of like, you know, dimed out all the little sisters and got them sent to Persephone so they could be turned into um, okay. you know, the little sisters. And, yeah, he is the one that kind of sent you to Lamb in the first place. He didn't think that was going to did, th- – he didn't think you were going to succeed. Uh, he can – he you can murder him, and I did. I set him on fire because <laughs> that guy – Screw that guy. Um, the lady you're talking about is a uh, oh, something Holloway. Grace, Grace, Grace Holloway. Holloway. Thank you. She's an ex. She's an ex singer. Um, yeah. She was kind of like a lounge singer at, and she, like you said, became a follower of Lamb. So as a follower of Lamb, she kind of that's why she's sending all these robots and splicers at you, and she doesn't want you to stop. But over the course of time, she comes to realize that as, as you approach her. Maybe you're not all that bad. Maybe you're just a kind of victim of circumstance like she is. Her main story hook is that she was caring for Eleanor. She was kind of like her, not surrogate mom, but basically caretaker. And she failed. And that's the burden she lives with is that Eleanor was taken from her under her watch. So she is now kind of burdened with this and she is um, regretful. But she is a member of the kind of the, the collective of Lamb. And then you have the opportunity to kill her. I think if you do so, you're a mean-spirited person because <laughs> she was just she was just laboring under, you know, almost a cultish yeah, kind and of plus brainwashing. She, she gives you stuff, too, if you don't if you save her. Of course she does. And, and she sends out security bots to help you. And, yeah, you know, when the, the areas you were just traversing, 
in a pauper's drop, if I if I think that's right. That is um, an area, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where it is because it's the it's like the slums. It's it's you know all these apartments where people live, and clearly yeah. it, it's not great. Yeah, she'll also help you with that first encounter. You know, when you walk into a swarm of splicers, and she gives you stuff in the pneumo tubes. Yeah, she she she, and you turn her around. You she realizes, huh? People can be decent. You're a big daddy. You actually have a heart and a soul. And if you have a heart and a soul, maybe there's something to live for. Maybe there's something to actually strive for. And maybe this whole Eleanor Lamb thing is a bunch of bump bumpkiss. <laughs> so uh, I like hers. I, I think I wish the other two had cut cats. Which I guess it didn't have to because that's the point of the story. I there's a lot of doll that she likes, which is a bit, which. I want to say it's probably a allude to the first game where she basically asks if you're like a man or a cold hearted machine. Mm-hmm. But I'll probably get into it towards the end because I don't want to do reveal a couple of the story twists. Sure. But she make this makes me think like was at what at any point was was Lamb a good mom? Because like the further you get into the game, you start realizing that like Sophia Lamb might just not be a good parent at all. No, not at all. And it because it, it kind of goes in the beginning of the game where she's like, you stole your daughter. You stole my daughter from me. It's like, OK, I feel kind of bad, you know, because a lot of the kids did get forced. And I they, they you know that you, you have an audio log and stuff. And I want to say it's like after you you deal with the first character who you just say, I guess, at the name like several times, but I can't remember what her name is. <laughs> oh, Grace, um, Hall- Grace Holloway. Yeah, yeah, Grace Holloway. Grace Holloway talks about how she watched her. But it's also one of the things, too. It's like, well, then was she too busy doing science to be a parent? Mm-hmm. And then after you deal with Grace Holloway, it's the weird thing of like, which I've never heard either, but like uh, shooting Eleanor up with plasmids so she could see everyone's like memories. And it's like, that's when you start getting the, ooh, maybe she's not a good parent <laughs> like at no. all. Yeah. She's pretty bad. She's but, pretty bad. Yeah. I was just going to say that it's it's absolutely correct because she's not. She's a, another means to an end. And that, and I think the the underlying theme of that is no matter what side of the fence you live on, whether it's you know Randy and politics and you know objectivism for Andrew Ryan, or if it's collectivism with with Lamb, who's the exact opposite. In the end, taken to the extreme, it's bad. And again, I think Lamb. And you're right because at first you're like my daughter. It's not really her daughter. She's the one that's the means to the end. She's the one that's going to bring on the utopian person because, and again, that, I mean, it's, we're kind of jumping around a bit, so that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, you know, the idea, her, her whole end game with Eleanor is that you're right. She's going to fill her with all these plasmids and turn her into, allow her to ingest the memories and the thoughts of all the great minds of Rapture, rap, yeah, Rapture, and become this utopian person because her feeling is you can't create a utopian world with flawed people in it. You need to create a utopian person and let a utopian world build from there. And of course, that turns into a whole clockwork orange sort situation where mm-hmm. if you are a person, if you have no control over your actions, are you really a person? Yeah, it's it's you're right. She she kind of starts out as just like mom. And you're like, oh, she's looking for And then you realize very quickly, oh, no, the, Eleanor is just a means to an end. There's there's there might be affection, I think. And I think there is a human being affection because she is a collectivist. She understands she, you know, she's got more of a heart than I think Andrew Ryan would. But in the end, she's single-minded to her goals because that's just what these people are, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. why I ended up here. That's how they end up here, right, exactly. And the third guy that you get to choose with is, like, a turn into a giant, like, monster, like, slug. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> when, I mean... Yeah, everything from Gil, Gilbert Alexander, which is the person you're talking about. Yes. From him on is gold. Like, <laughs> this game is <laughs> golden, golden... Chef kiss because yeah no I'll, I'll I enjoyed almost this entire game so though much I oh, know I know yeah. you, I, but this this part here forward is just 
fantastic. Even the parts people don't like, which we'll get into. We'll get, I want to get, let's save Gil Alexander because, man, okay. is he just good to dine on. So I think we got to the part where we were talking about Grace Holloway. That might be a good place to start. Oh, you're led by Augustus Sinclair, your unreliable narrator. Um, <laughs> he's, he's kind of your uh, Atlas of the game. Ends and, up uh, becoming a much cooler guy than Atlas. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> Atlas, tur- Atlas turns into Fontaine, who turns into a stupid video game monster. But um, yes, he is very yes. interesting and cool. Um, to which that which I will get into at the end. <laughs> cool. Because again, all the joy. This is and this is, I think, another thing people complain about. It's a very slow burn. Like this game starts pretty slow. You don't know a lot. You're just a big daddy murdering splicers. But you got to stick with it to like two thirds. And then it all comes together. And it's like, wow. Yes. Yes, oh, please. It, so, it's fun. It's funny you say that because like. Mike texted me. He's like, don't forget we're doing Bioshock in like a week or two weeks. And I was like, oh, oh, crap. You have to have to play Bioshock. I thought I still had another <laughs> week. But uh, I ended up playing it and then I had to work and then I came. I only had one day off. So I came home and I honestly cannot tell you all where I left off because I started my game and like the horror music was playing. And I was <laughs> like, oh, where am I? What am I doing? Oh, Splicer. Oh, Splicer. And it was like the final part with, with Grace Holloway where like you have to make the big decision of shooting her in the face or not, which I didn't. Good. Good man. Good man. <laughs> I guess it's yeah. So I guess we give from Grace Holloway on. That's kind of the first time we we get there. Um, so then we move on to I got to look at my my notes here. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. We can't continue on. We can't. <laughs> we can't continue on until we talk about Ryan Amusements. OK, that was a pretty cool area. My too. second favorite part of uh, area of this game might be my favorite. Not like the Persephone, but. I love Ryan Amusements. I love the idea of an amusement park designed to indoctrinate children on Ryan's theory, <laughs> Randian theories of objectivism, and just how self-celebratory it is. Ryan, Andrew Ryan on his boat. Actually, last night, I was uh, I kind of went through my different saves, just kind of reacclimate myself before the show, and I, I had to stop in Ryan Amusements that <laughs> section again. It's so great. All the animatronic hands and whatnot as they go through the park. It's a really neat area because there's lots of hidey holes and different divergent paths. And a lot of this game is is kind of a straight line to a certain extent. Certain but extent. it's yeah, to a certain extent. But there's lots of little fun, again, little areas to explore. And this game is uh, this area is full of them. And so, again, fun little short stories. Yeah, go ahead. So I, I know like it, I hate to bring it up to you. We I know we all know they're making a Bioshock for it's been in the talks for like the last decade. Yep. I really just want a Bioshock game set while Rapture was still like kind of okay. Like you maybe like actually witness a little bit before a downfall because like that whole like entire city is interesting and like especially them adding all this weird stuff to it in the sequel is pretty cool. It's great. There's so many opportunities for it. I really do. They just put it back in Rapture. Let's just let's just abandon the infinite stuff and let's just just go back to Rapture and just more. And actually, I was listening to a podcast about this a while ago. And the uh, the host had an idea. He's like, "Why can't Bioshock just be like 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 an American horror story, where it's just like all these different stories that not they're not connected of megalomaniac people, you know, ruining societies? Like it's maybe we can do we have to have everything connected? Maybe it can just be like an anthology. And I think it's a really neat idea. Like the you know this idea has legs for a lot of different applications to explore a lot of different. I'd love to see like." We get a little bit of theology here, like religious kind of fervor with Simon Wales, but I'd love to see that, you know, and Bioshock Infinite is you know, nothing but that, but they handle that <laughs> stupidly too. We'll get there eventually. Yeah, Wrong. they handle that. Don't we? Wrong. I want my Bioshock in the moon and I want my Bioshock in lava. 
<laughs> I love it. I'll take it. All right, and before, shooting things in zero gravity, just like floating, and yeah, that's pretty neat. So, before we go any far, I do want to give out the giveaway code that I mentioned. So the giveaway Ooh. code that I've been sitting on for a long time is thirteen. The game, classic edition, because I know everybody wants to play that game. No one probably does, but here's the code for Steam. Hey, and if you're hearing this later, who knows? Last time I did the code, nobody nobody downloaded it for over a week, so you, you never know. So if you listen to this, pull up your Steam or write this down. Uh, the code is NY7M09MEP5LER4K. I said O or a zero. I think I'm not sure which one. So I apologize if it doesn't work. Oh, don't try worry it about it. Try try either <laughs> one. If you do the wrong one, you'll end up with some weird Japanese dating sim, you know, and you'll be fine. You should so, yeah. something else for you to learn. 13 classic. Hopefully somebody will download that and wonder why I gave them to him for free. But you know what? I had it on here and I had to get rid of it. So there Ooh. you go. Oh, I can't believe I got Japanese Kabuki Princess forever. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Somebody probably rather play something like that than 13. <laughs> yeah. 13 we're, we're, we're in another high school, huh? That's what we're doing not now? a good game. <laughs> so I, you sell this so well. You're, you, you are just a salesperson. because <laughs> I am, but not. I don't. I don't like but you're that. honest. You're honest. I, I, I appreciate that. 13. I mean, it's, it's free. Okay. I mean, you play it, but the game hey. is not. Game's hot. Game is from the early 2000s and can feel it. What's it about, Mike? Hmm. Amnesia. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're, you're hired to assassinate the president, you think, or you don't really know what's going on. You can't remember it. It's, it's a cool story. It just it has issues. Doesn't it look like, uh, what's that, Killer 7? It's cel-shaded. Yeah. So it still looks good. It, it didn't age bad, but it has its issues. <laughs> Let's just say that. But all right. So as you were saying, like, with Bioshock 2, like, it's very... The areas, I mean, another area you go to, like, Fontaine's area, too, which I thought was kind of cool. They yeah. go back there. Fontaine Futuristics. Yeah, that's further down the, the list. That's kind of once you've, yeah, Fontaine Futuristics. Oh, you were talking yeah. about that religious nut guy. That was, I enjoyed killing him. Yeah, he's, uh, that was Siren Alley. He, uh, he basically turns, I think that's Siren Alley. Is that right? That's not quite popular. I think so. Anyway, so we'll say that's true. We'll accept it as true. That's all I know. Yeah, Siren Alley is when you come across Simon Wales. He was one part of a um, a team. They were they were the main architects, if I'm not mistaken, of Rapture. They kind of designed it, and Simon Wales went on a religious further, and now is a uh, kind of a demigod, so to speak. He's a you know just a, a hardcore believer, and he's kind of turned Siren's Alley into his own private church. Make your way through there. It's cool. The arena where you you finally get to take. He's not someone you can pick and choose. You have to take him out. There's no. He deserved it. You he know, uh, it. he is a bad dude. Yeah, he's no, he's no bueno. Some of the ones that you have to take out are you know, like a guy. Like, go on. There's no, there's no, no redemption here. But it's a pretty neat arena because you have. Uh, it's like in a church with like pews, and there's lots of just corpses sitting in the pews. It's very neat. <laughs> yeah. A little on the nose, but it's 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 cool. So Siren Alley, of course, was intended to be the red light district. Um, and of course, he takes this place of hedonism, turns it into a uh, into a church. So I, this was a, one of the points where I had a couple times of this game where the game crashed on me completely. Huh. I had him, too. I had a couple of crashes. Yep. OK, I, so it wasn't just me. Yeah, no. it completely crashed. And what I would do is I would save in between the fight where it crashed and try to do things differently and not bring as many enemies like on screen at a time or stake more hidden and then it worked. It didn't crash for me. Didn't have that problem. So you're on PS4, right? No, I was on PC. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I had a few areas where I was like, you know, doing a defense and there's a lot of enemies and just boom, hard crash to desktop. And I was like, mm-hmm. come on. It's a couple of times where it happened a couple of times in a row. I'm like, am I going to be able to finish this game? Because, yeah. oh, and then, uh, me too. Yeah, so then I, but I was able to persevere. Um, but yeah, he's Simon Wills, he's a, yeah, he's usually a, just okay. not have many people on the screen. It would usually make it not crash. Yeah. Right. Or just save. Save, mid saving in a, in a firefight tend to help it not crash too. So. I noticed that. Are you are you telling me someone illegally smuggled religion into my no communism, no <laughs> government, no other thing utopia of smart people? Yeah, yes. really. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Another form of control. Sure. Yeah, it's and well, he's uh, he's another disciple of Lamb. So and of course, Lamb's give him every opportunity to you know practice her collectivism. Religion is a important part of that. So yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think what other areas are next that we still haven't covered. Oh, I will tell you right now because I have the list pulled up. You see, okay. I'm not. I'm not doing this from my brain, by the way. This is not. Uh, this is not. <laughs> this is my brain's not that good. We go from Siren Alley to Dionysus Park. I like Dionysus Park. Park. It's great. It's, it's so fun. Dionysus Park really is. I love the idea of it. It was invented by Lamb as a free park for people to just enjoy. In Rapture, where you have to pay 15 bucks for bandages. There's a free park where you just <laughs> traipse around and enjoy. It's gorgeous. Well, it was gorgeous. Wasn't this the one that you flood at the end of it? Yes. The, no, Siren's Alley you flood. Okay, that was cool when you flooded the freaking Oh, that's great. Well, so you, don't, you don't flood it. Uh, Lamb does. So the idea is I forget what you're picking up in, in Siren Alley. You're picking up some key, I think. It was like a genetic key or something. Yeah. And you're on your way to Dynasty's Park, but she floods Siren Alley, which is cool because as you're walking through it, there's all these floating splicers. And if you notice, as you're walking through that main area that you've been in a hundred times because you spent a lot of time in that main foyer, like that main circular area, there's a shark flying, swimming by up ahead. <laughs> it's great. I was like, oh, that's cool. Of course, you can't attack anything. You're underwater. Um, but again, it's just cool to see like all these floating splicers and what she was able to do. So you have to go to Dionysus Park to, I guess, dry off, I guess, and make your way to Fontaine Futuristics. But yeah, Dionysus Park is great. It's such a fun environment. There's lots of cool um, arenas and areas. I think Dynasty's Park is the one. No, I think maybe Futuristics. There's one place. I'll save a few. I think it's Futuristics. Where there's like a, mul- a flashing plasmid. Like it's just sitting there on a desk flashing in rainbow colors. The, the, the unstable teleportation yes, plasmid. The yeah. unstable teleportation. I didn't find this one. Oh, that's so great. It's I almost funny. It's so good. Go yeah. ahead. You can, you can describe it, Joe. Go for it. Uh, so so it, it basically you walk in this room. Is, is the room hidden, like, at all? I'm surprised you didn't find it, Mike. No, it's not really. It's just a room I to just go to. Didn't look hard enough. <laughs> yeah, so, so you, you find it, and it's just flashing, multi- multiplying it, and it's it's unstable teleportation. It's supposed to be, I guess, what the Houdini splicers use. And so when you grab damn little thing, it disappears, and you're like, oh, wait, I didn't get it. And so, actually, I have an important then question for you, Bill, because I, I actually am quite confused. So you grab it, and it disappears, and you're like, oh, okay. So then you leave the room and it's sitting in front of you and you're like, oh, and you grab it and it teleports. So you're basically just playing cat and mouse with this damn thing. And eventually you get to it. And when you I think after like maybe 10 times of trying to grab it, it teleports you to a room. And it's just like this most terrifying ass room that I can think of. There's like statues pointing at this plasma. And I'm like, oh, this ought to be good. And all it was was for me was like the discount for the vending machines. And I was like, yep. oh, OK. And then you get sucked out from there and it's gone forever. <laughs> it's literally just for funzos. I don't know. There's no real 
I mean, the payoff is okay. But that, you're right. That room you end up in, that pitch black room with just these, yeah, splicers or people in stone. Kind of like, kind of looks a lot like the uh, the cast yeah. from. Oh gosh, darn it! Oh, what's his name from Bioshock One? Oh uh, yeah, the, the sculptor guy. guy. Yeah. Uh, Sander, Sander Cohen. Yeah. It looks like Sander Cohen statues, and yeah, you just pick up that vending plasmid. Yeah, the payoff is great. Who needs a vending expert plasmid? Like you, you are full of stuff. You don't need anything. I bought but, stuff all the time in this game. I, I bought. I, I shouldn't say that. I, I bought stuff often. I did, but I never was at a loss for money. I think a couple times I was low on cash, and I was like, Ugh. but anyway, what was the what was your question, Joe? Yeah, was was it was it the vending plasmid for you? Because like yeah. I was a little bit worried because I know like in like Infinite, all the like the 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 costumes are all are all random. Like whenever you find the top hats and all other stuff, but in this one I wasn't sure if any of the plasmids you found were supposed to be random or not. So. I was for, I just forget top hats are a thing because it's a it's a hat again, not diagnosed to the world or anything. A hat gives you pa- you know superpowers because that's of course that's what happens. Stupid yeah, infinite. I can't uh, I, remember anything <laughs> in apparently. I have no idea what you're talking about. Sorry, I can't do it. I, I I'm sorry. Anyway, yes, it is, it is the Venny expert. That's always what it is. Yeah, that's okay. what I got. I would have liked that because I, I ran out of money all the time and I was constantly buying ammo and buying health kits and stuff. So that leads me to my second question then. Do those stack? Yeah, they do. Oh, okay. They stack. They don't. Yeah, they stack. They don't. It doesn't look like they do. You're right. Because when they when you first get it, it asks you to put it into a gene slot, but you can just put it on top of the gene slot. That was your old thing. Like arm, like the armor, the armor uh, tonic. And we didn't talk about tonics, but they're basically upgrades. You don't really need to get into it. The tonic, the armor. Yeah, it'll just they stack. Yes. You don't need to have two of them. Oh, okay. Oh, that's what I meant. Like, do, do they stack? Like, do what should I have? Like the the uh, the vending put the vending tonic and the vending tonic plus. But no, uh, they, you know, it's just if, the plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they stack, then I had like six empty six slots that did not. Need to <laughs> oh no, they stack. You don't need. Yeah, you don't. That'd be that'd be terrible. Oh my god, why would you? That's a design disaster. No, I, I thought they would give me more, more, more. You know, I thought it would it would count double or something. So no. No, they stack. They no, they just it's just an improvement over. It's just an upgrade to your existing. Yeah, and it's an upgrade, of course. But it's it's not like you have the power of one and then the power of two. It's just an upgraded two. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I found any of those. That would have been nice. <laughs> I didn't. Ex- I I I thought I was exploring this game, but maybe I wasn't as much. Like I would explore and find little sisters. Once I got the little sisters, and it was just critical path the area. Oh, yeah. No. See, I yeah. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, no, I I like I I I try to explore as much as I could. I want to say I was maybe. Did y'all find all the 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 arms deals? Because I didn't find I I was missing like maybe four or five upgrades. I found very few. Which ones? The, the things that upgrade your weapons. Yeah. Oh oh yeah the um power to the people thing. Yeah yeah I found I don't know how many were missing. I don't think it tells you if you're missing any. Uh, I think I got most of them. I don't. I might be, like you said maybe missing a few. But I think I got most of them. I know in Bioshock One, I I you when I first played the game originally, I used a walkthrough because I wanted all of them because I love all the weapons in the first game, and so I got all the guns upgraded. So when I was playing the second one, I was like, did I miss a few or is the game just being dumb? But <laughs> I upgraded what I wanted, so it's whatever. I barely upgraded stuff. My drill had the two upgrades on it, and then I had a couple of guns that were upgraded, but I missed most of the power of the people ones. No, I, I always made sure I got that. It was uh, yeah, I always made sure I got that. I should have. But I did not. Yeah, you should. You should. It makes your life a lot easier. You, you who likes every advantage, including cheat codes and save states and emulators, yes. you love every <laughs> advantage. So, I mean, I would surprise you wouldn't seek those out. I, know, no, I didn't really I'm, use a, a lot yeah. of guides in this game. I mostly just I don't I didn't really use a guide in this game. I had one up just so I knew, like, 
okay, I did six areas. I got not, you know, nine all together in those games. I knew kind of where I was at so I could pick how much I need to play each night. But other than that, no, I, I played this game mostly legit, surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> For me. Indeed. Yeah, no, I like just pushing at the edges and finding every little hidey hole and every little... I, I have to oh, I have to explore the whole map. I have to. Which is why these games take me forever to play. I think I looked it up. I was like, how long is Bioshock 2? And it was like, maybe 12 hours. Like, 12? I'm like already 15, and I'm not... I just got to think about Alexander. Like... I'm constantly just roaming around, just looking mm. for things. So I don't know. That's why I take I take forever to play games. Hence why I could never do this show on a regular basis. I couldn't. It's not easy. I, I would have to quit my job. How you do it, my friend? <laughs> it's not there easy to do what I do every week. Yeah, no. I'm very behind on stuff. <laughs> but it's, it's fine. It's a lot of discipline. Yeah, no, nothing's come out, though. So that's also a good thing, too. So It's a lot of discipline to edit and record and finish what i need to do for the recordings it's it takes a lot but i love it so i do it i feel you i feel you <laughs> so um yeah so after Dino, and also i think in in this section i think we're yeah we're now we're talking about fontaine futuristics yes. where a lot of that stuff is that is where we meet the third disciple of lamb gil alexander which is the aforementioned monster in a fish tank i like this one this was a good one i felt like this and, yeah just the fact that you're listening to all his recordings from before he turned into a monster and he knew it was coming and he left you all these recordings. He left you all these messages and you're, you know, you're trying to go through it to find different, you know, atom plants to attract him because you need to extract something from his DNA or something from him. To yeah, attract him to, into a certain fishbowl. You need to get his genetic code for a key. Okay, a lot of the, a lot of the me- mechanics of this game of how to get from one place to another really meld together because it's more the story and then the the experience. So I always forget what item you had to pick up for which thing, and I should write it down. But um, I always forget to write things down when I'm doing these big shows. So <laughs> all right, I don't, I don't write much down. I should say this yeah. is wonderful. I love this arena. There's lots of great places. Different environments. I love the um, the one environment where you go. I think it's like the Big Daddy testing ground. We kind of go underneath. It's a very low ceiling, and you pick up a plasma. And of course, you get swarmed by splicers and such, and a, a Big Daddy shows up. There were a lot of Big Daddies in this game too. Yeah, they're all over the place. Um, More than the first game. Oh, yeah, I so, think so. Go ahead. So this is where I was going. I didn't want to get into a spoiler earlier. So this is what I was talking about. Yeah, no, this is where you were introduced to the original Alpha series, right? Yeah, and uh, those two guys were punks because I had a <laughs> bunch of weapons and stuff, and they they were they got a little annoying because I was like, oh, he'll send you one every time you do that, and then later on, down towards like the end of the area, I think I shot like three in a row, and I was like, how many of these things are there? I thought they said there were only like a few. There's a it lot. It is a little weird. Yeah, there is a lot, and 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 also that also proves you're not the first big daddy. Um, I thought it was a big misconception. This game, like, oh, you're the first one. No, because there's the Alpha series, and you're Delta, and Alpha comes before Delta. So you know, yeah, it's uh, it's it, they're they're chumps. They go down pretty fast, especially if you kind of know how to take them out. And again, trap bolts towards the end of the game are just my favorite because you can you can reclaim them, and uh, you always have enough for that. But. Uh, yeah, this is the place. This is the area where you run into Metzler, which is that amazing little, uh, you know, short story about the dad looking for his looking yeah. for his daughter. That's where this ends up, I believe. Um, there's lots, lots of cool little areas, little mini areas, and little mini biomes. This section, uh, it's just a really fun, fun place to explore for sure. I like how this guy also eventually, like he his original personality and his uh, Alexander the Great personality are two it's... completely different things, and I always think it's funny like the recording will say something and then him now just freak the hell out it's it is absolutely phenomenal it is 
as I said, everything from here on out to the end is pretty much chef kiss, in my opinion. I, I don't remember <laughs> there being any real dead zones. It's because everything is coming together, right? You're well, learning pers- about. Yeah, go ahead. The procession stuff is also really good. Like how you get in there after you kill Sinclair or save Sinclair after you get his DNA. Like you have to go into a little elevator that opens up and then you go into a special area. Like it was I, I was actually I really like that for some reason. I don't know. It just hit me. I'm like, oh, that's cool. My 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 favorite part of that that very little ending bit of of Alexander is the part where you get all three flowers and he goes, "Damn you for using something delicious to trap me!" <laughs> and I didn't know the internet lied to me as it does. It says you have you have to save you have to like you you have to not kill all of them to get the good ending, but that ends that ended up being a lie. Because he's like, oh, which is also my favorite line, which is, no, please don't kill me. Just let me go swim in the ocean and be free. And I was like, you're lucky the game told me not to kill you or I would hit this button super hard. You, you not only can you, you should, because it's actually killing him is really the more humane thing to do. It, it, um, it, it was his Sane's version. It's his Sane side's like final wish, too, right? Yeah, yes. because he because Gil's been saying the whole time, look, when you find me, kill me because I'm not going to be in the state. I don't want to be in this state. So he's giving you his final wishes. So I think leaving him there is just cruel. Like leaving somebody to be insane in a bath of red goop is just very cruel and mean. I, I don't know if you guys have ever played Dishonored 2, but Dishonored 2 is excellent at giving you moral choices where there really isn't a good one. Like neither one is great. And it's the this is one of those situations where I think it's more humane. And you're right, because killing them is a check mark against you, right? It's like an X against your record. But you're right. You only have to save one of the three in order to get a good ending. Yeah. So you can do what you really want, which is save Grace and kill Stanley and kill Alexander. And you're you're fine. You're still fine. She Eleanor, I guess, doesn't realize that. Eh, two for one. It's kind of a, you know. So, to be, to <laughs> so. be fair, the, the, the other two completely deserve it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Because, again, Grace was just underneath, you know, a... Uh, dealing with grief, you know, and dealing with it the wrong way. You know, Stanley's just a, a con artist and Gil, while he created these big daddies and he, he is the architect of the big daddies, he he knows he's screwed up and he begs you to do it. Like he's saying in his audio diaries, like I'm recording this because when you come that was my opening line, when I'm, when I'm, when you come across this, I'm going to be insane. I know what I just did to myself for the benefit of Lamb. I know this was screwed up. Please just take me out of my misery cuz I'm not I'm not going to want you to. So yeah, so you really should. Just zap them. And uh, it's really great. That whole violence. Even when you first enter that area, it's all dark and scary. You get your flashlight. This game uses the flashlights very effectively, especially in Popper's yes. Drop, where you spend a lot of time in these blacked out apartments. It's uh, really, really effective in, in kind of creating a spooky atmosphere. Did you guys notice he was in a big, like, he was like in a big tonic bottle? He was in a what? He's, he's in a big, like, uh... He's, it's not plat. It's like he's like, he's like in a big plasmid bottle. Oh, is it really? I didn't notice that. I didn't yeah, notice that. It's, yeah, it's a big plasmid bottle he's in. Huh, that's, that's cool. Awesome. I didn't notice that. That's really cool. Huh. This game Very is cool. interesting. That's, <laughs> that's so good. People and then like, who just, don't like to play it again. Come on now. Yeah, I know you really should. Even just the stuff with Persephone, like when you said when you find Sinclair, because you've been kind of working with Sinclair off and on throughout this game. This is this is when he gets he gets like injected with something. He's turning into a big daddy. I think. He's already been he's already been turned. I'm okay. assuming I'm assuming he just gets kidnapped and then like shoved into a big daddy suit. But he he's basically being mind controlled. Okay, because that that was yeah. cool. You have to chase after him, and he's like, "Just kill me when you find me. It hurts to even try to say this." Like, yeah, that was good. 
Yeah. He ends up being an opposite, like, which I'm glad he I'm, I I did not remember how this game ended. So whenever it, someone says something along the lines of like, should you really trust him? I think it was probably Sophia Lamb. But like, I was like, is he going to end up being a bad guy? Because I don't remember what happens to him at the end of the game. <laughs> and then him end up being a whole thing where he ends up helping you out because he gets forced at being a big daddy. I was like, oh, that kind of hurt. At least it was a different twist, though, not the same twist from the first game. Yeah. Yeah, he spent most of the game kind of ex- assuming he's going to screw you over at some point. And he kind of does, but he's just, uh, he's almost, he's also a pawn and doesn't really know it. Again, Lamb is really behind all the machinations. So. But since, since we got to Sinclair, I'm surprised we jumped over my personal favorite part of this entire game, mm. which is the the death and rebirth of Delta which is the little sister run, which is my favorite. Oh, part. did I miss? Okay, I that was I forgot that was in this. But that was before this. That was great. Yeah, that's before this. Okay, okay yeah, I, I forgot really. To. So I had so I had never been spoiled on this game. Somehow I knew like I went in this game completely blind, other than I knew you were a big daddy. And when I got to that part where they kill you and you play the little sisters and you have to go and get this armor and seeing how they see Rapture, which is completely not correct. <laughs> was great though like they see this all nice area and these people are nicely dressed not you know splicers and that was really good i was really impressed it's gorgeous i mean this again like i said this is a this is so fun because again we're seeing rapture as it was like you were saying joe how you want to kind of a, a version of this game where we're a version of a bioshock where let's see rapture you know maybe before the 1959 you know new year's Eve party when, before any everything just went to shit it's yeah, this is gorgeous, and I think this is again a slowdown. Um, seeing the world through her eyes is just really cool. Um, the idea that you are kind of controlling her—that's uh, right, right? Because you're kind of controlling her. Yeah, you're and controlling the little sisters. You're controlling a little sister uh, throughout to find these three pieces, right? Big, oh, the little yeah, sister for the pieces. Big sister. Big sister I had pieces. thought that the game was going to make you finish up playing as Eleanor, because right before this, you you find Eleanor and she's grown up, but she's in a bed and she's been like in a drug-induced coma. Yeah, and, and it's and, shocking. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, and then and then you get a uh, you get forced into like the the split, which is the whole Sophia making her have a heart, basically killing her and then reviving her, so you can uh, sever your connection. That hit me when I saw her grab the pill. I'm like, oh no, there's yeah. a suffocator. So scary. Oh, this game got dark. I mean, got even darker. Yeah, it's scary, and it's you still have a connection, right? So that connections, like you said, she almost wants to. She wants to sever the connection so they can take care of you and she can continue her evil plan. Um, but yeah, you you get the big sister items in this. Again, just a gorgeous moment of just a game slowing down, right? There's no risk. There's no, no one's going to attack you. You're just, you're just kind of going through this, this thing. Finally, you, she, you get revived and then you kind of just go out and your final battle, instead of a monster with a blue face, that's, that's bad. It's just a bad boss fight. This isn't great either. It's just two little, two big sisters. Well, you fight um, a whole wave of people first. Oh yeah, you fight a lot of people. first. I liked it. I actually, because the whole like the whole scene where she goes out into the water after you have to go and rescue little sisters in this place, and she's boiling the water so you guys, because Eleanor, not Eleanor, oh fuck, the villain, Sophie Lamb, yeah. is gonna drop you in the place that you're in into a ravine in the ocean, and then you're done. So right. you're trying to boil the water to, to release something to raise it. And that was, and then she, so the little sister boy in the water and she comes and fights with you. You get a, you get a plasmid where it summons her and she sticks around for a while. Like I yeah, love she's that. Great. She is so effective. Like you can just throw her so and, cool. and she just lays waste. 
Yeah, best ahead, plasm, the best plasma of the game, honestly. Like, there, there's is, no yes. reason to take it off. I think it's hilarious. I'm pretty sure some you guys probably got it, and I'm pretty sure it's like one of the like honestly like the most terrifying things to see is if you turn a corner and then throw it at an enemy. She like wave dashes into an enemy and just has them up in the air and like yep. training them of their fluid. It's like the coolest like movement that she does. It's great. It's it's so cool, and it's good to have a, a companion on your side. I mean, you've had like bots and stuff but now you have a connection with this character is eleanor in the suit and just helping you out and and just now you're like a team and it's just really really satisfying i just want to go back to this to the big sisters real quick well the big sisters are you face them in the in the room where where eleanor is 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 taken i like the fact this game doesn't really have a boss an end boss it avoided that stupidity and it, but it does give you a good combat challenge because, like you said, at the very, very end, you're just facing swarms. And this game is at its best when you're facing swarms. That's just what this game does well. And it's a fight. It's exciting. I, I came close to death. I think I died a couple times, maybe. I don't remember. But it's very challenging. It's tense. There's lots of enemies. Your 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 friend is uh, your Eleanor is kicking ass behind you, and it's great. That's great. Like I said, while you're waiting for this water to heat up so you can take this bathosphere up to the surface. Or the submersible. Sorry, the submersible. Um, that's Sinclair's submersible. So, and he's kind of like, take it, please. Go and get out of here. It was really good. Like, I was impressed. Like, I actually had the game crash on me in this final part I had saved right before the end. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to play tomorrow. It's like, this is the day I got burned. And then I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to turn it back. I'm going to finish this. So I turned my PC back on, got it all, and I went and beat the game. Then got burned later. But yes, it was great. Got burned later. So burned I'm... Effort. I'm I'm not a big fan. I I think like you, it, it's always a cop out not to have a final boss, and, and I'm I'm with that with every single video game, and especially like RPGs. If your final boss fight does not have at least three to five forms, you are not <laughs> doing your final boss fight right. I uh, disagree. Yeah, good. I disagree, but okay. Yeah. Um. The 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 Bioshock Infinite, not Bioshock Infinite, the Bioshock One final boss fight is really lame. I'll, I'll give I'll give y'all that, but still though, like they and it, it, it the, the the reason why honestly too as well I would honestly the only reason I give two a pass is because there really isn't kind of anyone to put in a final boss situation like Sophia Lamb already established that she's not Frank Fontaine or Andrew Ryan, which I also wouldn't think Andrew Ryan would really put himself in a big blue man suit, but. <laughs> It, it, they, they, if anything, they if if they really want to have a final boss fight, they really should just say Sinclair for the last part and say that you need his key, and then just have him as a souped up version of you, and you fought him in phases where every he would die, and then maybe respawn with a with one of your a different weapon or something, and you have to fight a phase of that. So, but that's interesting. I prefer what we got. I think that's an interesting point, though, like, because you do fight Sinclair, but he's just another big daddy, so he's not terribly challenging. He's he's harder. That a big daddy, and you're in a very enclosed space when you come across them. And I think it depends on where you find them too. But I think that is an interesting point. Sinclair probably would have been the best you can get. I just I don't I don't mind when there's no bosses because again, you know, I've said this on this show a thousand times at this point. But final bosses are final exams, so bosses should be testing you and everything you've learned so far. So they're tests, and what you've been learning so far is how to handle mobs of splicers. So. It is testing you on what you've learned so far. You have to use all your tricks. You got to use traps. You got to use weapons. And you have to use you have to use what you've learned so far in a in the toughest situation yet. Right? That is that is the toughest encounter in the game, which it should be. And again, your reward for the beating the test is the ending. 
there is a, a definite a there's the definite value to having like a final boss, which is like a final encounter, which is the the end result. But I think in a game like this, I think this is a better, much better option than you know, again, Frank Fontaine, you know, which is doesn't really test you on much. You can just do what you've been doing the whole time and eh, not it's not a lot of you know, and then use a quick time event to suck him of his atom. Like it's not it's not that's not great. Yeah. That's a interesting point. I think I think Sinclair might have been a good choice if you wanted to go that route. Yeah, no. and have him like say, you know, you don't want him to like start jokering. Like you wouldn't want like Sophia Lamb to turn into Joker from Batman. <laughs> you know, like sure, attack you. But yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, yeah, that's what, yeah. what's worse is now I think about it. Now the Bioshock games have a good final ball. For me. No, I don't hmm. remember. What, I don't even remember what the Infinite was. I don't. I don't either. Uh, spoilers for Infinite. It's it's a mob fight. Oh, that's right. It's that's on that stupid boat. Yeah, that's when you're destroying all the abolitionists because you know the game has the game. You know, because the abolitionists yeah. are bad. Because because in high school you wrote in your notebook. You know, if even if the good people had power, they'd be bad, right? And it's like, yeah, okay, cool. But you know, you grow up past that, right? We all yeah. we all move past that a little bit because <laughs> life yeah. experiences happen. I look forward. We talk about infinite in, I, in twenty in twenty two weeks. Okay, ironically, Bioshock Infinite also has the ending where you get a plasmid that controls big person who can come to your aid. So that's pretty funny. Yeah, it's true. That's true. And I, I will admit, Songbird is amazing. I love that design. I, Songbird's badass. I, that's cool. Songbird's so what, cool. So at the end of Bioshock Two, you you said there's eight endings. I'll say which one that I got. So because I mostly played good, I saved all the sisters. My ending I got is they 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 go up to the surface, bunch of little bunch of little sisters that have been saved, and Eleanor. And you die, it looked like and Eleanor looked like she took your atom from you and then she's taking off your helmet and stuff. Right? I think what happened? Or you're Yes. And Joe, you can stop me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe it's she takes your atom and your essence so you can live inside her forever and be okay. part of part of her guiding light, part of her moral compass because she's seen what you've done this entire time because she was soul bonded and she realizes that you you are a good person people can be good and she's gonna do good things for humanity using you as your guiding light i don't know if you're gonna be like sentient i don't know that I, the game's not clear on that but you're the body the out the delta dies that that body dies and gets thrown in the ocean okay so so i'm gonna rewind it just a little bit so there, there's a there's a moment in the game where she talks about how I, I think it's when she puts on the big sister suit or something or it might be during the ending. So is she it she she was controlling you or she was watching you the whole time throughout the entire game? Correct. Yes. OK, because yeah. I, I don't know why I thought that it was also a form of her technically controlling you to come some kind of extent. Because she kind of makes a line earlier when you're controlling the, the little sisters about like how you can see through their eyes, how like I saw yours, but you're technically controlling the little sister. So it's like, is she technically controlling you? Huh. I but don't I, know. I, also, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I think like, kind of. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I'm just batting a stroke. So that's that's, <laughs> that's just what it is. I, I get very confused very easily. No, it's fine. It's it's fair. I don't. I don't. I don't really know. I always took it as you have autonomy, but she was kind of like helping you out. She would give you plasmids and give you help by controlling little sisters. Um, I think that's what she can do. I don't think she can control you. Yeah. I don't know. Um, e- even weirder, the uh, the little the the big sister suit pieces you find. Did y'all notice they were like uh, they were they were pieces of a bride outfit? Oh no, I did not catch that. No, I didn't. That's the- awesome. The helmet's a veil, and then the suit was a was a was a bride gown. 
<laughs> Neat. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. But I'll continue from this. The first part involves Sophia Lamb, which is uh, which is the ending we all got because we're not awful people. Which is <laughs> the good the good live, which is save all the little sisters, and you have to spare at least one NPC. Where she basically saves her mother. The and if I believe both, both, both involve the first two involve saving her, and that the, the dialogue's different. And the second two are not saving Sophia Lamb, and the the dialogue also varies. But the second good ending is save all the little sisters, but you you kill all the NPCs. But she basically says it's Eleanor's. What would you call it? Like her her dialogue, basically how she feels about the whole situation, and basically saying that. You should kill people who have wronged you, which I think is at least interesting. Yeah. Is that uh-huh. the one where she kind of sits up? She kind of just sits on the, the edge of the bath, uh, the submersible and kind of just looks out. And she's kind of saying she almost doesn't know what to do. She's kind of lost. No, so no, say like a, yeah. Am I wrong on that? No, the, these are all this is this first part is all about what happens to Sophia. It's basically. Sophia's oh, fate. yeah. So there's, I think there's just two of them. There's just the one where she drowns them and she she saves her. And the other part where she actively like pulls her back underwater and then lamb drowns i don't remember and i think there's a third one where there's a different dialogue option yeah there's different dialogue options the third one is the evil live which is you harvest at least one little sister but you take you save all the npcs which is weird and it's she says something along the lines of take from the innocent and the guilty aren't a threat and and then the uh i believe she i believe in that one too she just stares at she stares at a Sophia die as opposed to the completely evil ending where you harvest all the little sisters and kill all the NPCs where I think she's actively like pulling down Sophia Lamb's leg and making her drown. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. To which, yeah. To which goes to the second part, which is what she, which I think is interesting, which is what happens, which is the good ending where you save all the little sisters and she absorbs you and she wants you to be your conscience, which I think was Sophia's plan originally but instead of doing it to multiple people, it's just you. Gotcha. Uh, the sad ending, which is you have to harvest at least one and you have to save at least one NPC. You are actually given a choice to sacrifice yourself or not. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, if you don't sacrifice yourself, she sits off in the ocean and she drags your body to like the edge. And she's kind of like, well, now I don't know what to do, but it's because you're a bad person. Right. I took that more as like morally ambiguous. Like you just, she's kind of, she's out, she's kind of lost now. Like she's not quite, that's the one, that's the one where she kind of sits down and you just fall into the water. Yeah. But the bad and evil choices, which is the bad choice, which is you choose to be, have her absorb you is the same as the evil one where she's basically like, Oh, you're going to be the, the evil devil on my shoulder and I'm going to completely turn the world on its head. And you see like people's bodies floating to the surface. Yeah. You just see, yeah, and the and the way and it's getting stormy, and the waves are kind of crashing, and then all these slicers are just, you know, floating to the surface. Ugh, it's the, it's it's evil. The the very good news is getting more terrifying. Yeah, and the actress who does the dialogue for Eleanor is fantastic. Um, she's so good. She's excellent. All the voice acting in this game is very good, especially her towards the end. And the way she can either be good or evil is uh, very impressive from a voice acting standpoint. I was also happy that you do see the light, the lighthouse at the end too. I like that. At least in the first any I got, you see the lighthouse. Yep, you get the lighthouse. That was cool. Yep. Let's have a lighthouse in the middle of the ocean for a very top secret like utopia <laughs> where people can do whatever they want, including drugs. <laughs> yeah, hey, I never said it was the smartest Spontane- thing, but hey, 
spontaneous genetic modifications. Yeah, just yeah, it's good. It's great. But remember, there's always a lighthouse. <laughs> I don't remember all this, all the everything that has to do with. It. I just remember that line. There's always a lighthouse. There's always a lighthouse. Yeah, we I can't remember it. the rest of it though. But cool. We'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> oh, I am looking forward to it. I really am. I want. I want my opinion to change. I want to be. I want to be with the cool kids who actually enjoy that game. I don't think I am, but we'll see. No, right. it's fine. That if you hate that game, it's completely fine because I completely understand. <laughs> so I'm going to read a few comments I got. I got a, I got a few, not a ton, but I have a few. So let's go through these quick. From firstly, I watched the entire Overblood Super Replay group from Seth Cameron. It's a great game and did that did things better than one, like the gunplay and the hacking. I was also more interested in the story, too. A lot of people discredited it for whatever reason, but I always enjoyed it more than one. I only got to play the DLC when the collection came out, and it was really good. We'll talk yeah. about that another time. Yes. Uh, from Zach Zek. I bought it around the time it came out because I had just played the first Bioshock. I liked it a lot. I didn't like having to protect every single little sister the two or three times each, so it made it easier for me just to want only the Eeyore out on sub- subsequent playthroughs. Understandable. I can't, mm-hmm. but I understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and from the official Laser Time community, I got, I got more than I expected. First one from Brian Lang- Langwalter. Would you kindly complete this amazing game? <laughs> mm, <I did. laughs> from... Alex Hartnett, I replayed the whole series recently, and it's not terrible. Okay. From okay. Jonathan cool. <laughs> Navarro. I love the multiplayer for this back in the day, which we didn't play because it doesn't exist anymore, and we don't play multiplayer for the show anyway. Does it? Does it? Yeah, there was multiplayer for this. Yeah. I don't. I does it not exist? Is it kind of? I don't. Dead not. It's not in the. I don't think it does. Okay. I think in the remastered version that we all played, they got rid of it. Okay. Yeah, I thought I don't remember seeing it, but yeah, there was a multiplayer for this. Yeah, that's that was as was the, as was the era. Every game had to have a multiplayer, no matter how hammered in and just like ham-handedly handled, had to have multiplayer. So yeah. From Michael Irving, I remember being very excited to play this, but was really disappointed when I played it, which turned me off from wanting to play the DLC, which I heard is the best story DLC ever of all times. It's up there. I actually, I think after <laughs> after this conversation, I'm gonna tweet on my on my Twitter account. A gamer looks at forty. Best DLCs, like you know, I could choose one. Like, hey, which one of the best DLCs? And of course, Minerva's Den is gonna be on it because it is it is fantastic. It's fantastic. And from Rob Smith, ah, yes, Bomberman shop because he looks like a Bomberman on the <laughs> cover. Okay, yeah, that's fair. All right, Bomberman shock from Cody Laveau, friend of the show. Make sure to play Minerva's Den. It's my favorite of anything in the Bioshock series. One day. One day, hopefully, in the it's, next few months. It's, it's fair. I, I can see that. I don't know about anything. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. How do, you like, how do you like that non-committal just utterance that added no value? I apologize. <laughs> From Kevin Don, I have loved Bioshock since the first one came out. The second one expands so much more on the story in the universe. One of my favorite games of all time. Yeah, cool. Right. Okay, here's uh, Cody Walker. I love this entry in the Bioshock series the most. I do. I yeah, I do too. I I uh, will talk about summations. Not like I said in the open though. I this is definitely the most fun of the three by a and long margin. From Giant Bomb, Michael Trevino, better than reported. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spencer O'Neill, it aged better than it got credit for. Didn't people love Miner- Minerva's Den? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And from Brett Shepard, absolutely loved this game at launch, and I never understood the hate hate it got. We're playing it when the remaster relaunched, and it was even better than I remembered. I warms my heart to hear all this good vibes because I remember I remember hearing nothing but negativity when this came out. So this makes me happy. Yeah, okay. I remember, remember, this is this is back in the day when like IGN gave Pokemon a, a five because they had too much water. So I mean, it, <laughs> Bioshock's all water, so I would imagine why. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. I don't remember. I I feel like I vaguely remember that happening. 
All right, and from another friend of the show, Nick Paleo. This is one hell of a game. Fantastic all the way through the Namur's Den fucking slap. It does. <laughs> uh, from Brian Ball. Man, that game was way underrated. Sure, the story wasn't as strong and the gameplay was phenomenal. And Big Sisters made Big Daddies look like minions. Mm-hmm. That's true. Fine. Johans and Home. Bioshock 2 is the best Bioshock. Fight me. <laughs> Love it. Okay, here's one. Jeremy Byerson. My advice is to actually go for the evil ending and harvest away. Probably the only video game I played with a corrupt ending actually fits and doesn't feel like a game over. Yeah, it does fit. I mean, it fits thematically for sure. Um, although I, I think if you're harvesting little sisters, I, I just would, you know, do what you want to do in life. You know, it's your joy. <laughs> Don't you steal that. But just kind of think back. Maybe consider. Maybe do a little reflection on, uh, I don't know. Just do a little reflection because I don't know, man. That's I couldn't do it. I I have a daughter. I can't. I could never even think about doing it. So, from anti summon summoning. Damn, are you me? I've been doing the exact same thing. I guess I will have to start playing it too because I said I was playing through the Bioshock games <laughs> I, and the reason why I'm doing it. But <laughs> and from Jim Dietz, the only thing wrong with Bioshock Two is that it had to file, follow Bioshock. This is a great game with new mechanics and a grim but incredible story to tell. Yeah, no, he's right. That's very. That's a very fair point. And the last group I'm going to read from the Bioshock Lovers Unite. Found it. I didn't know they had one, but of course they did. From Paulo Palacios, the main game and his DLC are both very emotional. Uh, from Leland Morrill, the ending will hurt, but always kill Stanley. Oh, yeah. I, I actually kind of killed him a few times because I, rese- I I kind of redid my save. <laughs> like, I wonder how this looks if I do Cyclone Trap. Boom to the ceiling. Great. Let me try this with Incinerate. Fire. <laughs> I actually murdered him like three times because cause screw that guy. Remember, everyone, good. Stanley's allergic to bees. He oh, I, I, oh, did he just fall to the ground? He just falls to the ground. That's great. Oh, man, I want to see him like writhe around in pain and then like, bang his head against the wall and then <laughs> fall to the ground. <sighs> and Benji Reed, number two, allows you to learn why the big daddy and the little sister are connected. And then you get to become a big daddy. I'm surprised you skipped it, do as it is a game that ties all the games together. Me too. And hey. last one I'll read. Let's go with this one from Ethan Butler. When Bioshock 2 came out at first, I was actually really resistant to it. I disliked it to the point of not even being able to finish it. Got like three to four hours in, put it down, didn't look at it again until I got the remastered collection six years later. And I went into it again, fully expecting to hate it, only to be really surprised. It was like a totally different game. I played it, finished it, got every achievement in it in the Minerva's Den DLC, then played it again and again and again. It's actually now not only my favorite game in the series, but my favorite game of all time. Wow. High praise, man. That's awesome. He kind of had, had your experience with the first Bioshock, Mike, where you played it for the first time, yep. hated it, replayed it for the show, and ended up loving it. I did really love it. I was surprised. All right, I think we should go to shelf stack or box, and I'll go first. This game is going on the shelf. I had a lot more fun. I came into it with no expectations, really nothing. I'm just like, okay, let's just play it. You know, people liked our Bioshock one episode, and I, I always needed to get this off my backlog finally, and I've bought four or five copies of the game. I really should play it. <laughs> I, I had a great time. I'm really glad I finally got around to playing it, and it's going on the shelf, and I will be telling people, like, hey, play Bioshock 2. Maybe not play it, like, right after you play Bioshock 1, like, wait a little bit, but play it. It's hella good. How about you, Joe? Box. Like I said, I'm, I'm not that big of a fan of the game. <laughs> um, it would be a situation where it's like, you know, you're showing someone Bioshock 1, they're like, hey, was there a Bioshock 2? Yeah. <laughs> oh, only but i i will admit like because mike don't you play the games easy on easy oh yeah i play everything on easy the bioshock 2 story is not that bad so i recommend like if, if you ever want to like get someone in the series it's not something you should have to grit your teeth over like you know it's a, it's a pretty okay game okay 
And what about you, Bill? Was that sarcasm, Joe? Because I don't know. My sarcasm meter is a little on the fritz right now. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think Bioshock 2 story is actually pretty good. Like, it, as, as much as it's gonna, probably going to, like, have both of you bonk me in the head with a hammer, I kind of like Infinite Story a little bit more. Okay. I can't remember it, so it's okay. I, I remember a lot of it, and I, I'm going to save judging because every time I'm on this show, I almost feel like every time I make fun of Infinite, even if it's not Bioshock related. You have, yes. <laughs> I feel like it's almost <laughs> every time. I really do. I really have a very strong dislike for that game, but I am. I'm going to reserve some judgment. I'm going to when we when we eventually play it again, because I'm sure we will. I can't two Im- weeks. I can't imagine a version of this show where we, that doesn't happen. Uh, I I will go into it with a relatively clean brain. I'll be like, you know what? I'm just going to experience it, and not have preconceived notions, and we'll see what happens. This is a shelf, and I I agree with a lot of your commenters on on the game. This is, I think, the best Bioshock game. I really do. Not only is the play miles better. Um, the story isn't as important. Like I said in the open, Bioshock is foundational to video games. It's when I when I eventually get to this Xbox era on this show, and who knows how long as the speed is taking, there will be an episode on Bioshock. Right? It's foundational. It's kind of like Portal. It's like it's just part of the DNA of games. It's how it's it kind of kicked off a lot of interactive storytelling, even though games like ASX and other have done it before. But yeah, it's it's it's. it's expose that to a mass media audience to a to a huge audience of people who could enjoy it bioshock 2 is just an improvement on nearly every level from gameplay to mechanics to environment variety maybe i have to think about it it's it's just an extraordinary game i think the story is excellent one of your commenters said this would be a loved game if it didn't come right after bioshock and he's right that's exactly oh, yeah. right this would definitely be much higher regarded. Definitely, I think, my favorite. And I love the original Bioshock. I, I adore it. But this one's just more fun to play in my hands. And I would definitely, if I needed a Bioshock fix, this is the game I would go to, bar none. So by far on the shelf, right next to Bioshock and Infinite, I, I probably sold it for like a bag of Cheetos. But that's a different story for 22 weeks from now. What was the year difference between Bioshock 1 and 2? A year. No. Is it, it more years? No, yeah. it was like, I think Bioshock was, was it 2007? 2007, I just typed it in. Okay, okay. Yeah, so this is 2010, so okay. Okay, three so three, four years, all right. That's fair, all right. that's a good, that, that's a good was, time. Yeah, it is, I think so, and I, Infinite was 2014, I want to think, say? 2013, felt down three years. Was it 13? Wow, mm-hmm. I just went there, okay. Came out, and then we, came out of high school. Cool. And then we never got anything after that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well we, we will. We will we will get our Bioshock 4 and um I'm I'm always down for it. I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. I just think they're great games. Uh we need more immersive sims in our lives. We just that uh, there shouldn't be 15 games in that genre. We shouldn't have more Call of Duties than immersive sims. I mean, it's just immersive sims is pr- the promise of video games when they were first created. A world that you can explore and learn stories and uh, don't get me on that soapbox. But anyway, we need more immersive sims, and I hope Bioshock 4 delivers on it. Don't make it an open-world game. Don't make it a mobile game where I have to get 15 plasmid coins to collect 18 <laughs> Ryan <laughs> gems to make 44. Just don't do that. Give get me a world to explore. Yeah. Get the Andrew Cohen trophies. There's only like 300 of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I should mention what we're going to be talking about next week. Because uh, we are in Spooktober. At first, I, when I first pitched this game for Spooktober, I was like, I don't know if this game is spooky enough. And Mike was like, yes, it can be a horror game. You have, And I'm like, as we play through it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a horror game. All right. So I completely agree with my choice to start Spooktober with this. And we are next week, though, we are playing uh, the Telltale The Walking Dead Season 1. Nice. So we're gonna, I'm going to replay that again for the first time in 
like 10 years or so, however long it's been. I will also be joining Mike yes, on will. that very, very funny podcast, which I'm looking forward to. And also, Mike, I don't think you noticed three of the four games you picked for Spooktober also involve like parental stuff. Bioshock, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Bioshock, Telltale, and then the game ending the month, which I don't, I don't want to reveal what it is. Okay, that's fine. I'll I'll keep it a, a, for another. It, yeah, it won't be it won't be announced yet, so I'll leave it off. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Okay, and Bill, since you're one of our guests, where can people find you at again? Oh yeah, uh, a gamer looks at forty. Um, I won't go through the diatribe again. I'll just uh, plug the Twitter. <laughs> a gamer looks at forty. If you have a story that you want to share on the show, it's a nostalgic show, but it's also a lot about personal stories of games that have impacted you and infected you, infected, maybe infected, <laughs> affected you. You know, I have stories of, of most recent episode that came out where are is about an hour and hour long episode about someone who used to work at the Sega hotline in Australia and his oh, stories nice. at the Sega hotline. It's really neat and really fun. There's stories about people. I have a bunch of stories that I'm going to be collecting about people who have relationships through games, who've been married and through games and, and have relationships. So it's those personal stories that I'm looking for. So if you have a personal story you want to share on a podcast, hit me up at a gamer looks at 40 on Twitter or a gamer looks at 40 for zero at gmail.com. Um, let me know. You don't need a fancy mic. You don't need anything fancy. I have people who've done it over their phones, you know, in their cars, <laughs> which is great. And I want this to be inclusive and everyone can enjoy it. So let me know. And then, yeah, hit me up. Okay. And I also want to say that when you're, Oh, and I want to give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, a.k.a. Mike Tony, from his EP, Bite the Bullet, song the Cool Kid Squad. Definitely go check him out. You see a link in the show notes to his YouTube channel. And if you enjoyed this episode, we covered the first Bioshock back in episode 126. So if you want to hear what we thought about the first one, it's there for you. Two of the same people are on that episode. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We are on YouTube. There's no audio. I mean, there's no video. There's audio, but we're there. If you want to hear us. <laughs> no <Yeah>. audio? <laughs> no audio. Just just, just the logo there for two hours. <laughs> just go click the logo. Make me happy. No, it's all the audio content. I just put it on there because some people like having it on, on YouTube. So it's there. And the last thing I need to say is we have a Patreon. So please go follow us on our Patreon. And you can go vote in the poll that I mentioned at the top of the episode. This one is on detectives because why not? Because I, I make the rules. Uh, we are covering Psych. Monk, The Mentalist, or Veronica Mars. We'll cover the first episode of either one of those. You get to choose what we're going to cover. So definitely go check that out. And for a little dollar, you get to do it. So help us out. And I think that's everything I need to say. Yep, that is everything I need to say. So we will see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.